0: Thank you for listening to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please support the show by subscribing to and leaving a five-star rating for the show on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Podbean, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and any of your favorite podcast platforms. You can also support the show by going to our website, blackandgoldhockey.com, where there's always exciting articles by the B&G writing staff. While you're there, don't forget to click on the fanatics.com banner for a great sports fan shopping experience.
1: Hey, are you done yet? We gotta start the show. <laughs>
2: Black and Gold Hockey Podcast presented by the Black and Gold Productions Hockey Podcast Network and sponsored by betonline.ag. You can go to betonline.ag and put in code CLNS50. Today is December 27th, 2020, and it is episode 209. I'm your host Matt Barry, and I'm joined every week by Heather Ingerson. Hello Heather.
0: Hello. How are you guys today?
2: Great, great.
1: And, and Mark Allred joins us every week. Hi, Mark. Good afternoon, my friends. Nice to have the trio back together for one more time before 2020 officially uh, swirls its way down the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. It is
2: circling the drain right now. So, uh, But uh, thankfully, 2021 is around the corner and hopefully a better year to come. And right now, uh, Mark has some words about bet
1: online. I do. NFL football continues this week, which has a few surprise teams at the top of the standings, and you might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at betonline.ag. No matter how schedules change or players that play, betonline.ag is going the extra mile to make sure you get in on every game this season with the fastest updated odds in the industry. Head over to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great mid-season bonuses, offers, and contests. And please don't forget to use promo code CLNS50. That's CLNS50, folks. BetOnline.ag, your online wagering experts.
2: Awesome. Thank you, Mark. And hockey is back. It's coming back January the 13th. And uh, it seems like it wasn't that long ago that it ended, but it also seems like years ago. It's kind of a weird feeling. But uh, we're glad to have hockey back, and, and Heather, you must be as excited as I am to have that the hockey is back.
0: Um, I am pumped. I don't remember the guy in TSM, but he, or, or, actually, maybe it was Hockey Central, but he was doing this dance and he had it out on Twitter and it went viral and that's he was just doing the dance I think all hockey fans were feeling I was like I can't stop watching this because I think we're all very excited I'm very pessimistic as you know like I said once I know that something's been signed I am all in because I do love hockey very much and it's right around the corner I got all my dates I've already got my notes I'm like very excited it's all like Donkey Kong still hoping for a defenseman but let's proceed gentlemen
1: yes very (laughs) very excited uh, nothing is getting me more happier than the, the word of hockey coming back. I had a feeling I'm not so optimistic or pessimistic as, as Heather is, excuse my words there, but, uh, I had a feeling that once the big, big names like Dreger and, um, and, uh, Friedman and, and those guys were talking that it, a deal is going to get done and it's very close to being done. I was, I was hooked hook, line and sinker for me. Let's get this game, these games going, uh, shortened season. We'll talk about it, but, uh, no, it's been it's been really good and 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 just want to jump in real quick and just say that 2021 uh, is going to be a really big year for everybody at Black and Gold Hockey Productions sports media company. We have uh YouTubes uh YouTubers come in to join us. We got new podcasts, we got new writers. So please uh jump on board all that information at blackandgoldhockey.com to get your updated info, your pre and post game information. So uh wherever you need some Boston Bruins talk, we we're, we're going to be uh your affiliate. So we would certainly appreciate the continued support. Now, the Bruins
2: are in the East Division. And, uh, you know, some mixed feelings about whether or not, you know, they're not going to be able to play the Canadian teams, So Toronto and, and Montreal and then Tampa Bay uh, won't be in the division. So they're playing the same, you know, seven teams, eight times. It's going to lead to some, I think, some, some uh you know, angry feelings towards each other after a while. <laughs> you get the same, uh, you know, same teams over and over again. You're going to develop some little mini rivalries, I think, this year. So I guess there's two ways to look at it. You can say, well, they don't have the traditional rivals on the uh, on the schedule, but they do have some teams in Philly and Islanders and Washington and Pittsburgh that are very competitive teams and could provide some, uh, you know, could provide some some hostile uh, feelings towards each other as the season goes on. so I didn't know mark what your feelings were on the division setup the of course beggars can't be choosers we have to take hockey for what it is and it's a shorter season and it's and it's uh, more regionalized and that's fine as long as there's hockey that's fine but what are your thoughts on the division makeup
1: yeah hey, for for a one year thing uh, to get everybody vaccinated and, and, and in the seats for next year, it's it's not a bad idea. You lock your Canadian teams up over the border, and you regionalize uh, where you can. I I know that the uh, the 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 split up of the Atlantic Division is a little awkward with like teams like Florida and so on being in the Central. That's kind of strange, but um, keeping it close up in the East. Uh, you're going to see some teams that you you normally don't see on a regular basis, like the uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins, the Philadelphia Flyers, the Rangers. I know you see them four games, but not as many as eight in a season. And at, you're absolutely right; it's going to it it could stir up some some uh, old blood from history. I mean, you could really see the uh, the big bad Bruins and the Broad Street Bullies going at it at the top of the uh, of the division. So I'm excited for it. Uh, it's going to be a change of pace, obviously. And um, you know it's good that we're not doing the whole big major bubble systems or anything like that. But uh, I'm just pumped to to actually see it. And and uh, there's some teams that are, are going to be trouble, like Philadelphia, that's going to have the goaltending. But uh, in in recent uh, you know months and, and trades yeah, like Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh lost Matt Murray, so their goaltending issues are going to be uh, a, a big ones. And also Washington Capitals with Henrik Lundqvist. Uh, you know, he's going to be out, so they're going to be heavily relied on possibly a rookie, Elias from So there's there's some good and some bad that are, are going to be going into this upcoming season, and I'm looking forward to it. So, Heather, how, how do you feel about the divisions?
0: Um, one, I'm kind of excited to use the word intra divisional because we don't use the word intra too much. It's always intra this and intra that. So I do like the intra divisional play for one year. I don't want to play like that all the time. Um, I did a little survey about how the other fans were doing and obviously I always put ridiculous answers, but it seems that most people think it's going to be an adventure and we're about split on it's sad to not see Toronto and Montreal and I'm a little nervous. I kind of land on, I'm traumatized. We don't play Montreal. This is the first time like a hundred years or whatever. We haven't played Montreal and that makes me sad. I can give up Toronto for a year, but that kind of hurts. I am excited to play like Phil, like, I guess at my age, like so Philly and the Rangers were still big rivals, you know what I mean? It's always a big rival with the original six ones, but like it was still kind of that broad street versus Causeway feel when I was a kid, you know? And so I'm excited to maybe see Philly. Also, Philly is they're stacking themselves to be a good powerhouse, like up and coming, you know, taking over. Uh, even if we were in our traditional conferences or whatever divisions there. So that's exciting. I do think. I understand why we have to play just in the division eight times the same people. I do think it's going to get a little boring though. Like um, that's just me personally, uh, but I understand why they have to do it and they still can fit 56 games. in. Uh, we can talk, we'll talk about the playoffs in a little bit like the format for that, um, which I enjoy better than what we did last year for back to play if we had to, but um, I don't know. I'm feeling it'll be a good adventure. I think it'll be fun. I mean, We're still not, you know, we're still playing some tough teams. It does Washington, I feel, not a little better. Obviously, I don't want Henrik Lundqvist to be ill. I'd rather him be there and be in net and, you know, whatever, but... Uh, Washington's kind of looking not as Washington-y for a little bit. Who knows? And it'll be interesting to see who can come out the gate because when you only have 56 games, you don't have that two weeks that you can suck during the year at some point, which the Bruins are traditionalist. So hopefully, like I said, maybe we'll still get a defenseman, make me feel a little bit better. And uh, <laughs> But, yeah, whew, hockey's on like Donkey Kong starting on the third training camps. Thank you very much.
2: Yeah, you know, I, I, like I, I like the division makeup, just the regional makeup, but I, I think that the Bruins are the class of this division, and pe- people are saying that, well, you know, they, this is a pretty tough division. I, As you said, Heather, Washington isn't as good as they were. Pittsburgh is – they're on the backside of their, you know, their heyday. The Islanders are good and up and coming. I have a lot of respect for Barry Trotz. He was a coach up here in Portland, Maine. He won a couple of the Capitals. I have a lot of respect for what they do. Especially after losing John Tavares, I mean they've, they've been tremendous uh, since he left. Um, and the Philadelphia, I, I think you're right. I think Philadelphia and Boston are probably fighting for that. But other than that, I, you know, I think that the Bruins are the class of this division. And I think Philly's probably one A. And I um, and I think that you know, obviously with COVID and health a big factor. If the Bruins can avoid any incidents, you know, with that, and they can stay relatively healthy. And I think they, I think they win this division. I, you know, again, Washington has been a thorn in their side for years, but I don't think they're as good as Heather mentioned, uh, and I don't think Pittsburgh is as good as they've been in the past. And I think that the Islanders and Philly are up and coming, and I think that's about it. I mean, I think the Bruins are are right there. They have to get past uh, not having Pasternak for a bit. I guess the rehab's coming along nicely, and he should be back at some point, but. They do miss a huge goal-scoring aspect there. Uh, a, lot, a lot will be put on Craig Smith in his first year, first few games with the Bruins, and they'll need some young guys to step up defensively, obviously. And then, of course, Tuukka Rask and where his head is at. So there are some questions there, but I think on paper, I think the Bruins win this division. I don't, I, uh, I, I really do, and I think it's a shorter season, so a lot more can happen, a lot of kooky stuff can happen. But I really like the Bruins to win this division. Um, next item on the agenda, what will return to play look like the roster sizes, travel testing fans. So this is a real, obviously this is going to be quite a bit to manage. They managed the bubble really well. I mean, they were a model in the band. I I don't get to say that much about the NHL, them being a model by anything, but in this uh, past season with the bubble situation, they did it beautifully and, um, avoided, Cases and uh, it was it was excellent. It was a good product on the ice. All of those things. The Bruins are one. I, I read that they're one player above the roster limit at twenty four when they need to be down to twenty three, and a potentially uh, one way contract could be in the midst, uh, In the mix of uh, being sent down, so. Mark, we'll start with you on, on roster sizes and travel and how they're going to be able to shake this out. I think travel is easier, obviously, but now you're going into, you're letting guys outside of the bubble. And, of course, there's going to be cases, and, and how do you think it's going to shake out?
1: Yeah, I, I, it's, it's, it's going to be tough, but it, I'm sure that they're, they're all doing their due diligence with with uh, health professionals. And, and just the way that they did the bubble in, um, in Toronto and Edmonton. Uh, for the uh, return to play for the Stanley Cup playoffs. Um, it, it's going to be challenging. But I, I heard that this was one of the big things that was big on the the players and the league on an agreement. that They didn't want to go into a full lockdown. They really wanted to have a little more uh, free wage to see family and so on, and, and hopefully they can all quarantine together. Or um, I really don't know because I, I, it's been kind of a shit show of a day here at the Black and Gold um, Production Studio. Um, but I don't know if there's actually been a, a, a schedule released or, or it has been released. Yeah. Okay. So uh, how are they going are to be structured? Are they going uh, uh, to be playing back-to-back games or, or is that something we're going to talk about later on?
0: Well, it's kind of all we have our general, like, let's just talk about back to play. So it doesn't really matter. It's one of those Sundays, Mark. We can go wherever you want to go right now. So this is how it looks like right now. You can invite 36 people to training camp, no goalie limit. Then we're going to have 23-man squads plus a four- to six-man taxi squad. So that solves the problem for if some of the younger people don't really make it out of camp, because it's going to be at the jump, you better show something at camp. And like, obviously like if David crazy looks a little slow, no one's not letting him be on the opening night roster, but you know, so it is going to be kind of cool to see the sink or swim. And it's a shorter training camp with no preseason. So on the 31st, all the loser teams, I mean, the people who didn't make the playoff return to playoff, they get to open camp the rest of us after new year's. It's nice. They let us still party all the winners in there, but, um, And then, like you said, you have to shave it down. You can only have 23 people, and I think you're right. We're a player over currently. I don't know what's going on with that, but who knows. And then on the 13th opening game, our first puck drop, we play Philly at Philly. As always, we stay. I mean, New Jersey and New Jersey. As always, we start away. We never start at home. And our opening night, I think, I wrote it down somewhere, but I believe our first game at home is the 21st. And we play Philly at home, or something like that. So, yeah, things are so happening fast and furious. Training camps will be yeah. opening when we talk next.
2: Yes, yes, right. That's that's exciting.
0: Yeah, there is a lot of back to backs, but it's like um, we play Washington twice at home. We play the Islanders twice right. at their home, their right. space, and it looks like there's built in, even though they're it's mostly still the every other day like it is there are a few back- to backs right. but there's also a few instead of having like bye weeks there's a few stretches where a team has five or six days they don't play so like you had alluded to before they can maybe get home and actually rest like let them have a home right. stand let them stay right. home for a little bit. Right. see i, I, well, I, with I
2: the less travel it's better
0: right
1: yeah I was on the impression that the schedule would be um and this is this is uh, because i i didn't fully research this and this is my bad but I thought it would be like uh, you play two in Boston, and then the team would travel to New the Islanders and play two and kind of work in like a circle.
0: Yeah, it's not okay. totally like yeah, that, Mark, up. but like, I, just to like give you a sample, like this is January for us. They start at Jersey on the 14th, and they play at Jersey again on the 16th. Then we play one game versus the Islanders on the 18th, and then we start two games at home versus Philly on okay. the 21st and 23rd then Pittsburgh comes in and plays at home two games. Then we go off to Washington for two games. So it's kind of like that baseball, like we were talking about with baseball, but it's more like a mini series. There's a few singles, like you travel through the Island area. So you might as well on the way back to Boston, but it is pretty condensed. It's more like, so we won't be playing eight. So it's more like you play your two, you play your two, you play your two, you play two you, and you rotate, and then we'll play the other two, you know, home.
2: Yeah, okay, right. that makes sense. It's almost like a college hockey setup. It's almost yeah, like yeah. a hockey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what
1: like. I was kind of thinking yeah. about too, man. Yeah.
2: yeah, yeah. Man, it's kind of cool. I mean, think mens I, kind of cool. I mean, I if you could, if you had tickets, if you could get into the building, <laughs> it'd be cool to get a couple games in. You know, if you could, if you were traveling, like say you were a Devils fan, and came to Boston, you'd get two games Thursday or Friday. Too bad that the fans can't come because yeah. that would be kind of neat, right? Um, well,
0: next no time you get to the to north, start, the Canadian. Okay. No, I was going to say they said no fans to start, no so they're hoping that some vaccines are given up. Yeah. Yeah. Right, people, right, right. You know, and right. hopefully by the time it's the Stanley right. Cup playoffs, True. they can fill those buildings. As a matter of fact, standing room right. only seats, as long as they don't you know violate the health thing. I don't see why you can't have a couple thousand people. Basketball right. has extra seats. Well, well
2: so here, I here's my prediction. Here's my prediction. April 1st, by April 1st, I think the the government, the sports leagues, everybody is going to be really pushing hard. Once the vaccine is out and dispersed to largely everyone, I think you're going to see almost an immediate opening of things. Now, I don't know how much capacity and things like that, but I think you're going to see fans in stands in the arenas by like April because I think once those vaccines, third, fourth rounds go, I think you're going to see, this is going to be too much pressure. There's too much money lost. I think, I think you're going to see them almost immediately start opening doors. And it may not be full capacity, but it's going to be something. Yep. Uh, I just well, can't perfect. see it going any longer than
0: we play you know, Pittsburgh, in played summer. It's ridiculous. Pittsburgh,
2: April 1st. Yeah, they <laughs> yeah. they're
0: yep. letting 25 fans in and we're going to be tickets.
2: three of them. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we're right. That's right. We'll, pull it. We'll, we'll, we'll go to our connections for that. Um, so again, so up north, the Canadians. See, they, here's the problem when you have two countries involved, is that there's different rules. So Canada, you know, has been facing some lockdowns, and they've been much more sort of conservative, and, you know, they've probably done a better job. Their population is far fewer, though, so that's the one caveat when you're talking about who's done it better. But the Canadians, uh, you know, those those provinces provinces uh they've been on on board and facing some lockdowns and there was talk of should the canadian teams just be moved down into the united states and just have them play in a bubble sort of situation at different sites and in that so i i don't think it's going to be much of a problem i think that canada i think they'll play their schedule and we will play our schedule and so forth but i didn't know if you thought any not you thought that uh, that could be a a, bl- uh, a roadblock down the road.
1: I know recently I read an article. I think it was Sportsnet that they did pass um, a rule saying that um, hockey teams can play in their own um, provinces. So uh, the big, yes. the big, the big one was Vancouver, and Vancouver out in BC mm-hmm. has some very strict health code rules uh, that are uh, COVID related. So that passed. So there's, I don't think there's going to be any issue uh, moving forward. Still no border travel, but those, those seven teams can still play each other, and uh, that's going to be some really good hockey. We talked about it with John Duncan on last week's Black and Gold Hockey podcast, uh, bringing in him and introducing him to the uh, the program as our new YouTuber on uh, BNG Weekly. Please go to uh, YouTube and subscribe and hit the notification bell for that, because John's a great guy, and uh, he's going to do some really good things for our, our uh, sports media team, so we did talk about that, and, and man, I mean, Edmonton and, and Calgary, that's going to be some fun watch, fun hockey to watch uh, eight times a year. Sure, sure. No, no doubt, absolutely.
2: I, um, I think...
0: Actually, the Canadian teams play each other ten times a year because there are less people in their division, so they all ah, play each other ten times. Oh,
2: jeez. Ah,
0: um, this wow. is my thing with that is – I had added a couple of days ago, and that's when some of the provinces were about to go into lockdown like you if ottawa go, if Ontario goes into lockdown, that's an issue toronto Ottawa, you know what I mean you go yeah sure that's, that's Alberta's on lockdown that's a problem that's Edmonton and calgary two out of seven teams that cannot travel or play or whatever the rule would be at the time right so they were a little nervous about that. And like Mark said, the other day they said, you know, they've agreed. And it's like, of course, it's they're gonna figure out how to let hockey work. They're not gonna can you imagine if like look at how traumatized we are about hockey east this year and how things have rolled out here and there. Yeah. Imagine being Canada and not yeah. being able to watch NHL hockey, you know, I mean, yeah, whatever. Right. We'll ever have to hear how it was the Toronto Maple Leafs year this year. And no, they didn't get to play. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding.
2: That would be um, quite, that'd be awesome. If they, if they would end up winning on a shortened season and we can use that asterisk, <laughs> Uh, for the Maple Leafs that'd be great. I oh, would how, want them to win. How about this one? Just to stick it to them.
1: How about this one? The Bruins go to the Stanley Cup finals in 2021 and they play the Montreal Canadiens or they play Canadians. the, Montreal, oh, they play the Toronto be Maple be Leafs. That would that be That would be sick.
2: fantastic. It really would be. It really. has there been, has there any been Has there been any talk of where a Stanley Cup final would be would it be in that site or would Canada move across I have no idea I, I, haven't, you know, I haven't heard anything about that it's going forward of course it's it's still early it would be like June right the,
0: yeah I went through the like um I liked documents because I'm a weirdo and I read a lot of the like return to play stuff I didn't get through all the like testing protocol and travel protocol or whatever but so this is what the plan is, because like the top half, everything has an asterisk, like just know that it is COVID and we'll figure, you know, if Canada goes into lockdown, we'll figure it out. So this is how it's rolling out is that it, they don't have anything about that part yet. What their hope is, is that they have the playoff set up that, uh let's see, what day were we? So May 8th is the last regular season game and we play the Rangers at home that day. Okay. May 8th, they start the cup playoffs. So, okay. for playoffs, the top four teams in each division play intra divisionally for the first two rounds. Okay. So, the people who set, end up in the semis are okay. the top two teams of each division. In oh, semis,
2: nice. So, it's almost like I mean? the old Adams division. Yeah. Uh, and then playoffs. they yeah.
0: play each other. I'm nice. assuming that it's going to be um, West probably East and Canada playing each other and West and Central or something. But they didn't really have that in there because, again, I'm sure Mm -hmm. that's ongoing because they kind of kind of go... With the flow. So right. then in the semis, you have basically two teams from each division, and then they play semis and finals to go to the cup. Oh, I see. So you're so, talking like
2: June anyway, before any of that happens. So
0: May yeah. 11th is when they can start the playoffs. And July 9th is the last day to award the cup because we okay. all know no one's going against the summer Olympics that got rescheduled for a year. And oh, they get right. So, right. That, so that's the critical dates in that format. So basically okay. you play your division eight or 10 times if you're Canada. Okay. The top four teams go. I like this better than last year because I don't think loser teams should be able to play in. Mm -hmm. Like I feel like like last year, one of the things I kept saying, and I know, Matt, you weren't on it, but I kept saying to Mark, it bothers me. Why didn't you just pick the top eight? I think it should be one through eight from each. This is obviously a different circumstance, but I don't think there needs to be 24 teams. That means only right. seven of your teams or maybe once the cracker in eight teams don't make the playoffs. I like this better because at least it's the top 16 teams are going into the tournament as right. opposed to whatever. Right. I'm not criticizing again. Well, we know I, you know why, I think that I,
2: it was done the last time just to appease teams. Like yeah. you, you, I mean, it was such a change in what they were doing that they wanted to include as many teams as possible just to, just because, they felt they had to, I think. It's just, yeah. you know, the more they did, the better that, the, you know, to have half the league play, what was it, two weeks and then not play ever again <laughs> after all that, I think, yeah. was a stretch. So I think they just tried to include as many as they could, but I don't want to ever see that again. I don't even like 16 teams in it, to be honest with you. Well, I think there's too many teams already in it.
1: I'll tell you what I didn't like about it, it was a playoff team getting in and still getting the first-round pick, Mr. New York Rangers right. and Alexey yeah. Frenier. I don't think so. Uh, yeah, that was that was that was just a complete cluster. One of those seven one of those seven teams that didn't make it into the postseason should have gotten that pick. Yeah, I, I mean think Detroit that... Red Wings are terrible. <laughs> they should have gotten the pick.
0: See, I don't understand like why we do it the stupid way we do it, because they used to do it. If you were the worst team, a.k.a. Detroit, you got the top pick because yeah. you suck and you need the most help. You right. need, now, if you trade that pick away and you're, you know, whatever, at the trade deadline, that's on you. But it used to go worst to first. That's why the Bruins, we perpetually pick later in the rounds because we've been a good team. You know what I mean? Yeah. Pittsburgh, they pick low. Mm-hmm. And the Right. The stupid draft lottery and then, I mean, I last year was all also about legal contracts and shit they had to satisfy. Like you said, they had to let some of the teams in because some of the signing bonuses and this and that, like loans and all this uh, legalese that we aren't really privy to, but we kind of know happens in the contracts. Um, but. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. So that, that'll that be exciting. Although it will be exciting. One thing I am looking to with the North Division is everyone keeps saying the Battle of Alberta, and that's cool. But I think it's going to be awesome watching the Kachuk brothers play.
1: Yeah, that's what I was talking because about. Because their oh.
0: personalities yeah, yeah, yeah. whatever. Yeah, yeah. That is going to be fun, and it's going to be fun because Ottawa did a lot to improve themselves. I'm not saying they're winning the North Division, but Ottawa is one of those exciting teams. They're one of those teams like Montreal. I hate to say it, but like, sure, you're not going to be the superstars, but you did a lot of good moves. Even Coach Claude was happy with the youth, like kind of signings and movings. Like, hey, it's going to be exciting. We got the core, and like we kept talking about, they need defense and stuff, and they've. Did a lot. It's going to be fun to watch some of those teams emerge, especially against playing the Torontos and the Vancouver's and the Calgary, you know, Ottawa drafted
1: oh, well, too.
2: They yeah, did. they did oh, really did. well. And they, and they just picked up Derek Stepan, which, you know, he's, he's older, he's 30. Fifth line. But he it. gives them a veteran presence. Yep. Uh, one year deal. You only pay him two million. It's a six and a half million dollar cap hit, but they needed to get to the floor. I think they have a ton of cap space. Yeah. So they made that deal yesterday. So Ottawa, yeah, Ottawa is going to be up and coming. I mean, they have so much cap space and the high picks that, they, you know, unless they really screw it up, they, they should be able to turn it around pretty quickly here. Uh, and the Montreal made great. I thought Montreal had maybe arguably the best off season of any team. I mean, they made really good moves and, and they had a really good run in the postseason. They they uh, they really improved vastly in a year's time. So they're dangerous. So maybe this is a good year not to play Montreal. <laughs> yeah, I don't no know. shit. <laughs> oh, my God,
0: um, a team in transition.
2: Yeah, I mean they, you know, Claude. Uh, you know, he's Claude's Claude, but I think uh, you know sometimes he gets a little long in the tooth, and they end up moving, you know, and changing coaches, and they may because I think at some point. They'll go with a more dynamic uh, type of setup, but right now the discipline thing is working for them.
1: Yeah, so. but if Montreal if Montreal doesn't do anything this year, you could see Berger Van, uh, whatever you want to call him, he'd probably be his last season as a GM. Yeah, they could, they could he, wipe that thing out. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah, I think he needs to go before Claude. I think that these young kids in Montreal like like they kind of like it. Like Matt said, they're kind of in there. Um, Claude is excellent to shape some young players and how to be like hard skating, you know, whatever kind, because he... Has coached long enough in the new school, although maybe the young kids aren't always his favorite, but again, we've said Cassidy, that can be said about him sometimes too, like a yeah. two-shifted, never mind, I'll never yeah, talk I to you again Yeah, I think the hockey
2: coaches are like that. Yeah. Claude is
0: perfect for, like, Montreal right now when they're trying to get these, they're a very young team overall, and they've moved a little bit of veteran in there. This, But, like, to condense them into how to, like, same thing that Toronto needed. We kept saying, right, cool, you have all these young bucks that just, right. like, everyone, look, everyone looks like they're doing a shootout competition at pe- practice and the peewee level because mm-hmm. they have all this speed and all this but like nothing gelling it on the back end so well
1: tra- traditionally easy. traditionally, no traditionally if you yeah. get rid of the uh the 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 general manager the coach is going too because the new gm is going to want his own guy yeah sure
0: I understand sure. and then there's the thought- french
2: speaking thing too is uh, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. A french though. coach so that that limits them too <laughs> um so so moving on to opt outs there haven't been any opt-outs for the Bruins, or so they have haven't announced any, or have seen any so far. Unless you want to call Joseino Charo, he's kind of a semi-opt-out because he's fighting his time. But I don't, I don't, I really don't think there'll be many opt-outs at all. I don't think, I, I really don't think so. I think we're at a point now with the virus and vaccines and and such that I think you're going to see. I, I would be surprised if there's many opt-outs at all. But I didn't know your thoughts. Uh, we'll start with Heather on. How you feel? I I just don't feel... These guys are are young and they're... Some of them probably have already had the virus. (laughs) So, uh, because they have been out of, you know, into civilization for the last three months or so. So, I didn't know your thoughts on it.
0: Yeah. um, I I haven't heard of any opt-outs on any teams yet. I think it's tomorrow or some... Maybe tomorrow's the day. But the opt-outs, if you're opting out, is sometime this next few days. Um, The only people I really thought on our team is maybe... You know, again, if you have someone in your household, but I I think it's less um, likely that people want to opt out, too, because they aren't trapped. It's not like, you know what I mean? Nobody wants to live through the having to hear like how Tuca had to leave because of family thing or, you know, um, like we know Steve Camper last year. He opted out because it's a health and, you know, those are the kind of people I thought I I
1: heard he did, too.
0: yeah, that's what I mean, though. But those are the people you expect. I wouldn't generally expect players just kind of out of fear of the virus at this point, because like you said, one, a lot of the leagues, young and dumb and probably have all had COVID since it all wrapped <laughs> up in October, you know what I mean? Or had it coming in. We know like Austin, Matthew, all the superstars basically have had the COVID so far, so uh we don't know if Pasta had COVID, but we know him and uh, Kasha were hanging out with COVID-infected yeah, people, something. you know, yeah. whatever. But like you said, I don't I don't think the NHL should be a top priority or any sports league to get vaccines ahead because uh, they are not essential workers. I want that to go to all the, like, real, like, I know that sounds horrible to say. It's essential for sanity for sports for that. But I do think we're close enough to the general population that the NHL or whoever could buy supply for their company and give it out and i think it's they're ready to go and also it's been a really probably insane year for them as athletes this isn't how it goes they play from this to this then they have their little break and then they come back like they're they're rigid routine based people having all this i mean sure it's great to have downtime but they like everybody else are like dude if i i just want to No, I don't want to hang out with you. I love you, but I know I would like to be in this room watching the show and you be in that room. We have two screens for Netflix for a reason kind of thing. They're human beings, you know. But in the meantime, you know, the thing about the NHL that just concerns me is because like you said, everyone's got to start quarantining and stuff because every country, I mean, it's bad enough you can't control the U.S.-Canada US-Can- border besides closing it at this point, but we've got people coming in everywhere, and we saw what happened at World Juniors with yes. teams coming in and whatever, and some teams came tested negative, and then by the time they got here, just like we know that the virus does, it was incubating, and now they're incapacitated. Yeah. Poor Germany. Yeah. Oh, my God, yeah. I can't even for yeah. them. my heart breaks. But um, I think that a lot of people aren't. It's just not worth it at this point. You know, we're far enough into that doesn't mean now everyone go balls to the wall. And it's like after drinks, after the game and stuff, it's still going to be, go back to your hotel. Like the teams are still going to have to, but at least they can go home and they don't have to always be in a hotel in the same hotel with the same five people over and over again. So I think it's, that was a concession to the players. Cause a lot of them probably said, screw if I can't be at home with my kid and wife or whatever, and there's going to be a lot of babies born in March because of COVID. Right. Like, so right. I don't know. So, which kind of sucks. Cause some teams could use the salary cap if like players opted out and they like right. officially are like True. suspended off the books, but. Uh, know do, you, do you think there'll though?
2: be any opt-outs Mark?
0: I,
1: I hope not. I kind of hope not, but it is, it is their right to do so. Um, but, I really want to see them do it differently. I know last year, the return to play in the 2020 Stanley Cup playoffs was more of a spur-of-the-moment type of thing. Um, mm-hmm. But now that they have some familiarity with what COVID's doing to the world mm-hmm. and, and their league and the players, families, I, I think that 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 should be uh, thought of appropriately and given a time. That's why the league is saying uh, you have until this time period to say, if you want to participate or not, it will not be uh, looked frowned upon. Uh, if you do opt out, you will not be paid that season, but your contract will roll over to the following year. So that's kind of a good thing on, on the on the league and the players union that they work something like that out for the cases of uh, folks that don't want to participate in these, in these uh, weird times. But I hope it doesn't happen. I, I certainly don't want to see it happen to a person like Rask again who mm-hmm. already walked into the bubble and then kind of d- did his thing. And I, 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 I respect his decision, mm-hmm. but I also, the timing, I just, I really didn't, you know, if you weren't fully tough. into it, uh, you should have, right. uh, you know, did it earlier, but I mean, shit happens. I mean, timing happens. My heat freaking yeah. went out today. So shit right. happens. Right. <laughs>
2: yeah. Well, I mean, his daughter, I mean, his violent reports, his daughter was sick, but if he does come, if he does end up playing, was, wouldn't the question be, okay, Tuca, what why are we playing now? And why did we you know, what I guess it maybe it has something maybe it really has something to do with his daughter and being sick and but he didn't come back either. Right. I mean he didn't come back into the bubble when maybe he could have. So it wasn't like I'm gonna go home, make sure she's okay for a week and come back either. So if he does play in this situation Uh, maybe there's no bubble this time so maybe that's his excuse that's his way out of saying it but uh he just didn't like the bubble or what have you but i think tuka rask obviously is a huge huge um aspect of the season because if he's in it mentally then they're the class of division if he's not oh boy then that's that's not good. That's I just, just look at it, I,
1: I just look at his 2019 20 regular season and just say if he's that type of Tuukka Rask, oh, we're gonna have a good year. Oh yeah, great. But if he's not, if he's
2: half yeah. out of it, or if he thinks he's retiring at the end of the year, and it starts to go south for him, now you got Halak and some young kid, or you scrambling? And boy, I don't know. I just I uh, that's the guy. That I really point to as the as the difference maker. If he's into it and engaged, then I think this is a really good season for them. And I think sky's the limit. If he's not, then that could change the whole landscape, especially with the defense questions that they have. You know, that's, I
0: think this is a different season though. Like last year, it was a lot harder to just pop out and come back within the week. True. I think that yeah. had we maybe gone deeper, we don't know if Tuca might not have come back uh, right. if he could have, but. With all the quarantine and this and that. This year it's again like I figure we can talk more about like actual COVID and like that whole thing next year, next week, after I look at all the fifty I was like fifty four pages, eh, not today. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Just yeah, yeah. Um but But like a skim through, like, you know, they are going to still get tested like they did before. I don't know if it's going to be daily, but like, they're going to get tested before they leave the city. They go to the next, you know, like they're going to have to, I know that when they book the hotels that every team has to book an extra two hotels in case someone does test positive, they are quarantining them in the hotel, you move on. So no one's traveling with the party, which is kind of what football in most circumstances kind of had to deal with this year, uh, some teams better than others controlling spread of said thing uh, but I don't think I think this year and I'd like to point out is one of the first players back to the Warrior Ice Arena like seven or eight of them were out or seven of them I suppose were out skating and Tuka was one of them so that's feels like he's been in Boston waiting to say when to go you know what I mean like Whatever it is, you know the kids a little old. You know the new baby's a little older. The thing you the kid people actually get to go home. You know it's like a different thing mentally. I think for a lot of players, then because he was not the only one. Yeah, obviously he has a very specific incident. But if you watch that whole team, the first videos that like, yeah, we're back with our buddies. We kick some ass, and then it became very quickly evident to them they weren't the team they were in March and that was weighing and now in retrospect we know they probably all knew Tori was leaving they you know what I mean they already kind of had this all so the team wasn't the team that they are used to walking in there and just kind of the whole room so hopefully everyone's walking in we don't know Z or not but you know and right I just think it's a different mental place it's not as freaked out about the I mean obviously we're all preca- still cautious about the virus, but we're not still in that heightened, like, we don't know anything about this virus, and, like, should we, you know, not talk to people ever? Should we not? So I think Tuga's going to be all right. I mean, rarely is he the first dude on the ice. I'm just pointing that out.
1: uh, Looking at the agenda right now, I'm um, not seeing anything that's going to be roster-related, so I'm going to say this right now. Um, The third goalie on the roster, I don't believe that should be a young, developing goaltender. And I was, I'm thinking of, I was racking my head on, on writing an article about this, but there's so many different angles. I gotta, I gotta look at it. Number one, uh, they're talking about Dan Vladar being that third guy. I think that's a very bad idea. I think that, I think that Cal, that Callum Booth, the kid, the kid that they signed and he started in the East Coast League last night. We'll talk about that later. He should get the time, uh, up there because he signed as a two way goaltender and if they're not going to play Vladar, a young twenty-year-old goaltender that needs to be playing and it practice game times totally different aspects, a, or or an idea that they could have done if they could have gotten Brian Miller out from the out from the, out west, he could have came in. He signed a very nice deal to stay in with <laughs> yeah. with Anaheim. Um, yeah. Or there's another one, Mike Condon, Massachusetts native. Yeah. He could be signed just for that role to stay behind Halak and and, and, um, and Rask while, hopefully, this is all air quotes, by the way, hopefully the American Hockey League comes back to a 2021 season in early February, possibly hearing even pushed a little further into January. If that happens, it should be Vladar and Swayman down at the, uh, the American Hockey League, and we'll talk about the... Uh, the uh the east coast league in jacksonville later on but it just makes sense to me to have a kid moving all the time and, and keeping in game shape and not just sitting there watching uh, two veteran goalies go at it while you're not really getting the, the 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 proper development that you need that's that's all i got to say
2: especially after the last game you played you look like a, a, a wet fish in the uh you know out in the out in the eye you look like a baby deer on ice like it was like I mean that wasn't a well. Key. They didn't
1: put him in a very good no. spot either. No, they didn't. They didn't. <laughs> and that's that's that what I'm saying
2: him. is that they screwed him the first time. And now to put him on the put him on as a third goalie and not play him, not have any playing time, uh, and then potentially have him thrust in if there's a let's say there's an opt out or a COVID case or a, or an injury, and then you're throwing him in there again. I think these, I like you said, he needs more seasoning. I think you give him playing time in the minor leagues. And I, I like the idea of a just a just a minimum salary veteran goaltender. I don't really care who it is. I Get
1: Raycroft out there. You know, yeah. I
2: mean, I don't take the guy out of the stands like they usually do. I don't know equipment <laughs> manager or something. Just put someone in there. He's not going to play anyway. Right. But just for an emergency purposes. Uh, but I, I agree with you. I don't. I wouldn't do that to Bl- Bladar after what you just did to him in the playoffs. I would, I would be really, I'd put kid gloves on with him, and I'd go with some somebody else and just have him on the bench yeah, that can handle it, that's a veteran, that'll take the short money and do it. So yep. I, I agree with him, absolutely. Yeah.
0: Um, the rosters, we just kind of talked general about the size, because I thought maybe next week we'll be able to get a little more discussion. We see who's at camp, What who we okay. think is going to maybe, you know, we'll talk about who we think might make, you know, going to, yeah, because n- news, is news is definitely
1: news is definitely going to be more apparent as we g- get closer to the third. Yeah. So, right. yeah, right. we'll so, we'll bring that all out next next week.
0: Yeah, yeah, because you can have um, you have to stay under the eighty one point five mil cap, but I think that if you're on. If say you're the a- an AHL guy, whatever with the contract, and you're on the taxi squad or something, and you're always with the team. You get paid like your NHL. So there is some stuff that I thought. Obviously, you've had a hard morning, so I did yeah. not ask you. Hey, could you just check <laughs> yeah. in about Break that? Down
2: the text, like cat. Finally, yeah. things. So who <laughs> yeah. cares?
0: We'll just talk about the <laughs> homework 50-60. for next week, Heather. Right. So, no, I've already jotted that down, but I thought we could maybe talk more. I know there's a debate and the young kids and this and that, but we also do have, like, Craig Smith we're looking at in there now, so maybe some of our young guys, we'd rather have, you know, at least, like, slotting, whatever. We don't have to get that involved. But I thought once we see who plus our 900 goaltenders, we could whittle down on that. But, yeah, yeah, I mean, I always think you should be playing more for development-wise, and if they just played, played Vladar, it makes sense that they'd rather him play than sit.
2: Exactly. Absolutely. Uh, next item on the, on the agenda, was the schedule? We've touched on it a bit, but uh, what I'd like to do is touch on the trade deadline, a couple of critical dates. Trade deadline, April 12th. So that's three months in. That could be active, or that could be an absolute crickets situation <laughs> because of the salary cap, because of the salaries, because of the financial situations. So it'll be interesting to see what the trade deadline will bring specifically for the Bruins. Three months into the season, you have no idea what's going to entail. What it's going to entail, it's going to be could be COVID cases, could be injuries. You could be completely healthy. You could be doing well. You could be struggling. Uh, Your defense may be too young, and uh, you may need to add somebody. So the trade deadline, April twelfth, could should be an interesting. Like I said, could be one way or the other. Could be active or could be nobody doing anything out of fear for financial situations or just not enough out there to improve your club. So that's one critical date. And then the other, of course, is that the potential protection lists for the expansion draft, which would be July 17th, just a week after the end of the uh, Stanley cup. Uh, And the expansion draft is the 21st for the Seattle Kraken. Uh, The John Moore situation is interesting because he needs 40 games to be uh, eligible to be on that list. And unless you play him all year long, (laughs) I don't, I don't know if he'd get there. Uh, So I, I, that's a, that's one person. And we saw recently, I just saw the other day that Trent Frederick would be available for that list. And I know Mark, you were excited about that. Meaning Trent's going to get some time and
1: he's going to be available
2: there too. You know? So Uh, so the expansion situation is one as well if you add a guy he gets he gets on the the expansion list so it seems right now they're in a decent situation but one guy here or there and they could lose a pretty good player in the expansion draft
1: well from from my my research in the past week or two uh just picking at some uh, articles and this and that if if the Bruins do want to go after a player like Noah Hannafin I think we talked about this. I might have brought it up last week that um, if you bring in a defenseman like that, left shot, blah blah blah. Um, you, now you you could expose either Charlie McAvoy or Matt Grizzlick. Do you want to do right. that? Right. I wouldn't. That right. those those two are your future right there. So the, the the whole trade the whole trade scenario coming up for the upcoming season is going to be interesting on how it works out because of that factor. If you do need somebody on the back end. Um, to solidify that moving forward, uh, you're going to have to – it's, it's going to be a risk. No matter what you do, it's, it's – let's put it this way. Fans aren't going to be happy, whatever you do. If you don't address the need, but then you do and then you lose something, it's it's going to be a no-win situation. Right. I mean I it's it, the,
0: Go ahead. Uh, I was going to say, it's going to be interesting, too, at the trade deadline because normally you're trading with it – you're trying to figure out how to win your conference to get to the cup final. But this but this year, your divisions are all messed up. So are you trying to trade to win this year's Stanley Cup? Or are you being maybe more conservative, seeing how it shakes up and everything goes back probably to normal next year? Because really, those are the teams you're going to have to beat next year. So that's going to be an interesting factor, too. You're trying sure. to not mess up your protection draft list. By the way, that's July 31st is the Kraken 8 p.m. Right. will be their expansion draft you right. got free agency on the 28th too so because yeah. it's a shortened season are you going to maybe just hedge your bets on what you have maybe do a little move keep your cap if you have the cap space you know so say we roll all these young defensemen and we say well, what the hell let's see what happens
3: mm-hmm. and
0: we still have a couple mil then april 12th maybe we can get a or something like that, you know, like not a baby has a little more NHL experience to like maybe right. help it a little bit. Uh, but I was thinking that'll be the interesting thing. You're trying to protect your players, but you want to win the cup this year. Cause 50, I mean, that's legit. You know, it's sure a little short, but still, I, I mean, we counted last crazy year. We're going to count this year too, without any asterisks, as long as everything right. goes off without a hitch, you know? And yeah. that to me is going to be interesting. Are you trying to be, cause some of these teams, Maybe, but most of our teams are the metro teams. We're not going to have to. We're going to have to worry about Tampa Bay again, you know. So I don't know. That's what I think will be interesting.
2: Yeah, I, I think it. I think it's. I think you might see a team that gets hot and, and really wasn't a favorite, and they might have a chance. They may go for it to try to win a cup in a shortened season, but you may not see like the Bruins or a team like that that uh, take a chance to get to win the cup. It'll be interesting to see how teams really view this shortened season. And if it's worth it to them to maybe mortgage some of the future or put themselves in an expansion situation uh, to try to win the cup this season, especially where the, the standings should be so close. I mean, you're playing 26 games less than you normally would. The standings are going to be real tight when it comes to who's in, who's. In. There may not be any teams even remotely close to eliminated from playoff contention by April 12th. I mean, everybody might be just in a pack together mm-hmm. and you really have to weed out. Are we, are we sellers or are we buyers? And it might be so many buyers that there's no sellers in the trade deadline. So that's another, and that's a quite a week in July when you have the expansion draft on the 21st and you have the NHL draft 23rd, 24th, and then you have restricted free agency and un- unrestricted free agency signing period of 28th. So that's uh that's quite a week in July there. Um, but uh, you know, it's, it's, it might be part of the reason why the Bruins didn't really make a move for a big player. Like Mark said, like a Hannafin with, who I've been on board with, as you know, I'm, I'm the conductor choo-choo with that one. Cause I want Hannafin, but, but again, he does, he does cause you to maybe let, you know, expose Grizzly and, you know, I, I don't know if I want to do that either. So that's a, that's a difficult one. Um, Next item on the agenda: rules change. I love this rule change. NHL doing doing well right here. They usually drive me crazy with their rules, but a new offsides rule where you can have your your skate off the ice but straddling the line and you are onside. I always hated this rule where you had to have your skate and drag and tear your groin to stay onside. I used to hate it. Uh, and so, and here's my thought on on this whole thing is that the NHL cannot afford to lose goals. I mean, it, you need goals. And why are you taking goals away by reviewing offsides from 40 seconds ago? And then why are you trying to put every little minutiae little rule in to take potentially take goals away and take offense away? Why are you doing that? So if, you, if you're if you straddling the line and your foot's in the air, you st- still should be onside. There's no difference between having your foot two inches off the ground then on the ice you're still in the same place so you're still on side in my view so I, I love this rule and i didn't know what you guys thought uh, heather we'll start with you on the offside i love rules that promote offense and this is what they need
0: my thing is that i'm happy for one everybody knows you're in just because your skates in the air as long as you are you know, you've broken the whatever leading edge of the blue line or whatever the actual wording is, which I wrote down, but I don't feel like we're actually breaking, reading the, right plane. Now. breaking Anybody, the plane. Anybody, like, like, this is off. what I love about it: is that the plane used to be defined this way, flat ice. Now the plane is this way, like an airplane. Like it's obviously, if your skate's not on the ice, but like you're standing on the blue line, like you know, whatever, you're on sides. Mm. Also, it adjusts a little bit more for the delayed offside, like. Same wow. thing. You can go, I mean, which I think generally they let them do. And I'm all like, I'm someone who's like, if you're, you know, perched in front of the goalie, you're way offside guy. Mm-hmm. But sometimes your right winger is moving a little faster than the left wing. And as long as you hold up and you're like, oh man. And like, you're trying to get, and you're not trying to touch the puck. Who cares? Like, why do we have, I like flow of play. I don't like stopping, stopping, stopping every 500. Also, we all know the NHL has no idea how to review their own rules. So although there will be coaches challenge. This will not be one of those things to nitpick. Like, now you can challenge goaltender interference and, like, things that are less defined that maybe we need to take 25 minutes. But if you have to look for someone's little... If you can't see under the skate on, like, the camera on the line, like, why are we doing this? Just whatever. They were, you know, also, like you said, don't... Forty seconds after, dude, you should have said something before. There has to be I don't there isn't one, but another a twenty second rule or something. Like if dudes Yeah,
2: there should be. I, I agree with you. I, I hate the whole go back and review, you just scored a goal or whatever, or you scored a goal twenty five seconds after you entered the zone and now you're gonna review it and take it away. It's happened to the Bruins quite a few times. Like, can we stop taking goals away? Like just stop that whole nonsense. Take take. I, I, I can't stand review as it is. I don't. I think we screw up review. It, when it first came out, I loved review. I'm like, we're never going to get any calls wrong. This is fantastic. But we've managed to fuck it up even more. <laughs> yeah. And I can't take it. Like I. It's just. It's even worse than if you didn't have review. I mean, I'll, I'll take a stupid call here or there or, or a blown call. I'll take one of those because, generally speaking, officials do an amazing job in all sports. But this is, this is ridiculous, taking goals away 30 seconds later, You know, after you enter the zone and you hem them in for 30 seconds. You should be rewarded for that. I mean, it's just unbelievable that they take goals away. So I, I love this rule, and I, I would take all review. Just review the scoring plays. Goals did it go over the line? Good. Then, then that's it. Everything else, stop it. I mean, it's just the goalie interference is another thing that just drives you. you sometimes you hit it, you, you lightly hit his pad, and then five seconds later, here comes the puck, and they call the goaltender interference. It's just yeah. and it's subjective. So how can you take a subjective penalty call? And make it objective with a review. It's still subjective. just the clown still looking at it? Is still subjective. So it's it's uh, it it drives me out of my mind. So I, I love this rule change.
1: I am a big fan of this. It's I, I've always been a break the plane type of guy. Um, once you're skating into the zone, and you go over or touch that line, um, but it's got to be a body part. So if you if you're like if you're like really thrusting to get up the ice. Like, if your glove goes over, that technically is breaking the plane. But mm-hmm. there's there's also some some gray areas to this. You know how when you get a slashing call on the stick, they now say that the stick is part of your hands? Right. Well, listen, when you're freaking going to, to be on sides or anything like that, the stick can't be part of your hand in that situation. You can't, like, no. stretch out way out like that and be like, hey, I'm on side. No, Or, no. or even even on the back way to, to clear <clears> – <throat> You
0: know, right. It is yeah, clearly defined, okay. though, as you, it's clearly defined, though, that the skates are deter, is what determines if you're on or off sides for that exact reason. You can't say you're on. So you can have the like so Zdena Chara can have the puck halfway <laughs> right. on the off, right. <laughs> right. He but unless his you feet are over that line, right. it doesn't count, which before they used to get penalized. Like if their stick went over right. like Say the very tip of their stick went over, and they had the puck in the center like they're supposed to. They would get like no. So it is defined. I want you to know in Rule eighty-three point one, as it specifically says, the players' position of their skates is what's determining, not the puck, not the stick. So okay. I didn't know until uh, I mean last puck, year other that's than a, obviously the puck means. I
2: didn't know until last year that you could possess the puck and be and put yourself offside, but be onside. Like you could have the puck drag behind you, but if you're in possession, yeah. You're on side. I didn't know that. I had yeah. no idea. I thought was you, weird. you had to, the puck had to be in first at all times. So, but I, I'm in, I'm on board with any rules change that promotes offense and, and, uh, you know, just, just promotes, you know, good, good offense, good offensive plays and and less review of offsides from 30 seconds ago. Um, all right last uh, last time on the agenda then we'll go to break is how about these helmet ads how do you feel about it I think it's fine I mean as long as it's not as long as you don't look like the Ohio State Buckeyes with stickers all over your helmet as long as you have something really sort of clean in the front then you want to put your boat lay up front or something it's fine I mean I don't I don't really care I mean it's that's fine and I don't I don't know why they don't go to more. Sort of advertising like this, like the NBA has on their jerseys and stuff, because any anytime you can get less commercials, and I'm on board. As long as you're not a walking billboard, I'm fine with it. But I don't know your thoughts, uh, Mark, on helmet ads.
1: I'm I'm good with it as long as it's a source of revenue and keeps this awesome sport yeah. going. Yeah. I'm completely fine with it. It's I don't want to see it get so crazy, which we probably will. Every time we say something that we don't want happening, it, it eventually happens because my, the the mighty dollar always takes over. But, right. you know, who knows, in, in about five or ten years, this could be international hockey, what we're looking at. It's a lot more of these advertisers on the ice, on the jerseys, on the pants, on the socks, you know. So you're a walking advertisement. Um, it could happen. But, I mean, for right now, the uh, – the stickers and so on on the helmets is is not bad at all, and I'm a huge fan for putting in a bid for Black Gold Productions LLC. You know, just yeah. slap it right on top of the, you know, forget, <laughs> there's, there's a viral there's a viral image out there on Twitter right now that's got our uh, our symbol on it. So I think it's on Bergeron's helmet. That's
0: element. excellent. Oh,
2: that's so Thanks. much fun.
0: First of all, you're so funny that you know it's not going to be TD Bank that's going to be the sponsor on (laughs) the helmet. Let's be honest, okay? Let's pay Peter to, what is it, Rob Peter to pay Paul (laughs) it. Like, that's what they're probably looking at, Delaware North. Um, I don't mind there being a little, like, a sticker. I understand that's good advertising, but what I don't want is the tackiness of, like, some of the European leagues where, like, there's more symbols for cars. If I need that shit, I'll watch American TV. We have a car commercial every 12. It's, like, this is American commercials. Booze of some sort, (laughs) but drink responsibly. Car commercials, so you, but don't drink and drive. (laughs) Drive responsibly. And then here's all the medication you can take now that you drank and drove and now are a hot mess and need pain medication, kidney medication. (laughs) Just saying. Um. That's a... But I can't deal with tackiness. So almost, yeah. they can light those helmets up. I don't care. You can have blinking Budweiser on the side. Don't give a shit, right? But I don't want it to go. It's one thing to have one sponsor at the back of the jersey or something like that, or like a patch on the sleeve. I do not need the like. Now I want to throw up from the amount of Mercedes, Benz, Dunkin'. D- I don't like that care because then it looks tacky and weird to me. Like you look too desperate for money at that point. Like we need to talk more about maybe rotating billboards in the stadium or something. I don't know. Right. So, that is my thought. I think yeah, it's one it thing. It is if they a want little pull-
2: weird when the uh, the the uh, cars go. You know, ninety miles an hour on the side of a
0: of a mountain. Yeah. But uh They're crazy. But yeah, I just don't want it to be like super 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 tacky. Like right. and, and I feel like once you open the Pandora's box of how can we get money in this league, which they need, it could be very like I don't want you to not be able to see the Bruins symbol amongst all the other advertising yeah. symbols. It's that should weird.
1: that should be the focus of, of what you're looking at. Yeah, so all right, so we're going to take a quick break. We're going to hear from the great folks at the store next door. I think Matt's a little frozen. I can't, yeah. he's not moving. So uh, we'll take the break right now. Um, please, uh, it's, it's after the holidays, but these guys are still doing great things year round. So uh, please go to storenextdoor.ca, a fantastic Yarmouth, Nova Scotia company, and uh, doing awesome things for great people. So we will be right back.
3: There's a lot of people with disabilities that can't just go out and find a job. So we set out to create a business to fill those needs, one stick at a time. We don't accept can't here. Everyone here learns in different ways. but We want to give everybody every opportunity to find exactly what works for them. There's nothing better than when a customer buys something and then one of our employees say, I made that. They have meaningful lives and build things they can be proud of and get a paycheck for it. I'm Amy Acker, and we change lives one job at a time.
1: And we're back. And we just heard from the great folks at the store next door up in Yarmouth, Nova Scotia. Please go to the thestorenextdoor.ca and buy something really nice that is... Uh, made from recycled hockey sticks, furniture, uh, picture frames, chairs, all kinds of great stuff. The store next door.ca go check them out. Uh, Matt absolutely. Where we go him here, Matt.
2: Ex- excellent. So we have Zdeno Chara and this has been an ongoing situation, which didn't really seem like a situation until it has become a situation. So now we're getting close a couple weeks from the beginning of the season, actually just a week from the beginning of the camp and Chara still hasn't made his decision. There were rumors that, and sources out there saying that upwards of 20 teams had inquired about his services. Now, Mark, I know your thoughts on this situation. Uh, you've been you know, pretty vocal on Twitter and such about uh, Chara. Um, I'm okay with like a minimum deal just for security purposes, but I think you have to weigh that whether or not he makes you better. And it almost, I'm almost leaning towards let's see what we have in the kids and then go from there. I don't think he's going to make you that much better where he's going to pacify the real problems you might have on defense. But you can go ahead, Mark, and give us your two cents on Z.
1: There was this something um, that the Bruins are exploring trade options. That was from NHL Trade Daily, um, and which makes sense. You do want to get some, some type <laughs> of – Better security on the back end, and if you can make a deal, you make a deal. But um, this t- t- this source says that they could they could still make a deal uh, in a trade and also keep Chara under the cap. Well, I don't see how that that'll work. Yeah. Uh, he got two million last year, and one point five of that was in bonuses. So uh, I don't know, but right. my from my understanding is. That there were talks, even though that they they're saying they weren't, and they're going to be sitting down at the table soon. That there were talks that the Bruins offered um, a position, and they said, "You, if you if you want to come back, you're welcome to come back." But here's the terms that I heard: is that he's going to be a uh, a, a sixth. I'm sorry, a uh, five-six defenseman, or possibly a seventh rotating uh, defenseman much like uh, Ke- what Kevin Miller's going to do. Uh, mm-hmm. And um, he's a very um, proud human, mm-hmm. a proud man. He's done a lot for the city, a lot for the team, and so on. And I think he wants to go out in a term that he wants to. So I, mm-hmm. I don't think that he's accepting that as, I don't want to get seven to eight minutes a night. I want right. to get 20-something minutes a night. And if other teams are offering that for me, and I can go win a championship somewhere. Then he's going to have to walk. Mm-hmm. Um, if you if you want to come back here for one more year and do your rally, your retiring mm-hmm. rally, then suck it up and take what the Bruins are offering you. And if not, right. just take a take a take a hike. I mean, that's just right. my opinion.
2: What do you think about Jara, Carla?
0: I think one. I think we need to be careful of like you know. We don't, none of us actually know what Char is thinking. Do you know what I mean? there's a lot of narrative out there of, I mean, obviously we all know Z's a proud man and it would be a hard hit to go on, um, you know, be your sixth defenseman or whatever. But we also know that Zdeno Char is one hell of a captain. And if that meant him coming back to have his last year, even if it's shortened, be with this team and one last hurrah with the older boys and a little more knowledge down to the younger guys, especially with the young defensemen that we apparently are going to have to rely on whether we want to or not, because we're not making any moves to, you know, say otherwise. Um, I don't think, see how you, you know, how you said about uh, Matt about, you know, is he, hurting you. You know, I'm not, is it about, is he helping you? I'm about is if we can get him at a league minimum on that five, six spot. And I think he'd be more in than out. It'd be more, he needs to rest, but why not rotate? First of all, I don't have faith in Kevin Miller. I think I've made that very clear. Why don't we rotate him? Sure. We're not going to get more up to his 40 games, but if you rotate depending on who we're playing, Chara Moore and Miller in a five, six row. We'll be all right. That will give room and breathing room to Lozon or Zaboral or, you know, whatever, Clifton, whoever ends up staying up, because at least a couple of them are going to land there either way, because we can't roll with this defense otherwise. I mean, but we don't really know what Z's thinking. Like, maybe he still hasn't decided if he is going to play again. We all know he wants to play, but we don't know his wife's not going, you know, I never say no, like, you know, but maybe like this is. Maybe take a front office job for this last year. We can still do the, like, at the end in the summer sometime, hopefully we can fill this place up and we can all give Char the love he deserves. Frank, we could give him his own goddamn parade when we can leave our apartments and houses right. again. You know what I mean? Right. And right. Or go- government center. But I just... I would hate to have to listen to the bitching and complaining. Say you don't sign Chara. Okay. And I'm all for play wherever you can, right? Like no, I'm not mad at Joe Thornton. He decided to go to Toronto. I mean, I think if you're trying to get a Ray Bore Cup raise, that's probably not where you should have gone as Joe Thornton that cheap. But you know, that's just me. But I don't feel like Chara's that same breed. I think for him. It's hard to decide if he's hurting us or helping us at this point. Right. I think we all agree Chari can't play 30 minutes. We talked about that for a couple seasons, me and Mark, just amongst ourselves of like, stop asking him to be Zdeno Chara of 2009 because yeah. he's not. That Help for a while. him become, yeah. t- you know, that'll be a lot. But I do think it's not the worst thing that can happen because we're not clearly going out to make a move to get somebody with any kind of, I don't feel comfortable leaving all young kids without any NHL experience really being having to shore up a back end in front of Tuca, who hopefully is good and all set in his headspace. But if he's having a bad day, you know, it's not their fault, but they could create an avalanche of like Tuka meltdown, like, you know, kind of thing. And I I would hate to have to listen to the bitching of why didn't we send Chara for a million dollars for another year? You know? Yeah.
2: Yeah, You know, I, I, here's the thing about this is I know that Chara is a proud guy, but if, I mean, I just and I know that you don't want to start playing hockey, but for for crying out loud, like, are you really going to force the team to let you walk or trade you for one last season? you already have won a cup in your career. You really don't have much to prove. You're a surefire Hall of Famer. Why would you just not take this deal, like Mark said, and play out the string farewell tour? have a blast, or even stay out this year and play next year, starting in October, and play a reduced role, farewell tour with fans in the arena, why not do that and go out the right way? This is a classic case of a superstar hanging on too long and forcing the team's hands. And there's shower fans who say the Bruins are, are doing a disservice to him, And there's Bruins fans saying the Bruins are doing the right thing. And, when, and I think ultimately they are. I'm a huge Chara fan. I am so uh, appreciative of him legitimizing, seriously legitimizing the franchise into a serious cup contender since he came here in 06. It changed, his signing changed the feeling about the organization. I remember when it happened because we never got the big free agents. We never spent the little extra money to take the run at it. This was the first, Signed the Bruins were serious about putting a great product when they when they got Charo and they got Mark Savard, it became it began this string right here and I'm so appreciative and he's a great player, he's not a great player right now but he's a great player and he's and he's a Hall of Famer player, and he's a great citizen and he's an unbelievable person, but I just it boggles my mind when these guys stay on just a little bit too long. And don't go out the right way. Wouldn't you rather go out the other way? Wouldn't you rather get your farewell tour and your standing ovations and your the whole Sedano Chara season? Wouldn't you rather have that than go in the friggin', you know, Vancouver and trying to win a cup in a shortened season? I mean, for God's sakes! I mean, I don't, I don't, I just don't get it. Like, I just, I don't get it. And I, I'm as much as I want him to stay, he's he gonna let him go. You just, you just got
0: to let him go. I was just going to say, this is, I totally agree with you about sports people, like no one to let it go. I agree on that. You know what I mean? Like I said, I'm not saying either way on how to go with Chara, but I do think with Chara, it might be a little different mindset just in the fact that I really believe if we had won the cup in 2019, Chara would have retired you know what I mean? And the next year, he'd be there for the banner raising and, see, and we'd all be just Zedano O'Chara for mayor. Like, you know what I mean? Just we all love Zedano Chara. I don't think anybody doesn't love him as a human. You know, you might not agree on his defensive prowess over the years or whatever. And obviously, we're all here, right? But he is that type of player, right? And yeah, it marks one of them. But he is the type of player, though, as a hockey fan, you understand he is a Hall of Famer. You know, you don't like him, maybe not your cup of tea necessarily game one, but as hockey goes, he is a stud and will be remembered. You know, he's someone sure. they will mention in the, going forward. Um, But my thing is they dropped in 2019. Then last year, the Bruins were on one hell of a revenge tour. I kept saying to Mark all last year, oh, my God, it's going to be St. Louis-Boston in the rematch because that's what it looked like. Two teams that didn't have any played in the cup like every game. And then COVID hit. So, obviously, everything changed. So, I do think in some ways it's like he didn't even – even last year, it wasn't as bad, but you could see it when they – it was, but it wasn't, but you could see it when they came back from the bubble. And I and it's not going to be easy on him, this kind of schedule. So, like I said, I'm good if they want to do league minimum, rotate Miller Moore, and Chara around in like a six defensive role. I don't know. That's just me. But I do think it's a little different mindset because it's not like you really are going out on your terms. You're going out on the terms of like the world gone crazy. That's all my point right. on that. Like not as
2: the defensive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a it's a difficult situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, next item on the agenda: Should Bruins fans buy into the number changes? So there's been changes in the numbers, jerseys numbers. Uh, I I don't. Re- I think it's just it's a it's a subtle way to say you're part of the roster. But other than that, I, I think more so the the one way and two way contracts are more of an indicator <laughs> because if they can send you down, then it, you're not necessarily guaranteed a big club spot. So I didn't know. You know, if you guys had any thoughts on the number changes, I think it just shows a little bit more commitment to you. Absolutely. I mean, going from 84 to 12 or whatever, yeah. I mean, there's a reason to do it. So, obviously, it's a little bit of a change, but I didn't know your thoughts on on that whole scenario of changing jersey numbers.
1: For, for me, it's just a, um, a, sh- a shot across the bow to everybody that believes that just because a player is getting a certain number guarantees him a roster spot. That's that's the big thing that's going around. I'm not saying I'm not picking on people or any Bruins fans or any hockey fans or anybody that listens to this podcast. I we we do not do that. We don't pick on people. But folks need to understand that this is not how it works. Just because you earn, just because you got Trent Frederick got number eleven does not solidify his spot on the roster for the upcoming season. He still has to go through camp. He still has to show the brass that he wants it and and that's it there's nothing given to you this is just a number that was given to you that doesn't mean you have the right to be on the roster so i just wanted to to bring that up because it's just it's it's the constant dms that oh mark you're so stupid you don't even know anything about hockey why you even say that and i was like well they haven't even gone through camp he hasn't even earned a spot yet so uh, yeah. earn that number earn that roster and then call me an idiot
3: Right, <laughs> right
0: true The only thing that that really means is that they don't feel you need to have like 70, whatever, you know what I mean? Like, that's fine. Like, I, so the superstars get to pick their number, right? And like have a number that's high. So like, it's not going to be a problem that McAvoy is high in the 70s, because if he proves himself to be what we think he is, the stud next defenseman, you know, like carrying this team as the defenseman going forward that'll be fine. It'll be iconic. It's like Bork changing from 7 to 77. We'll look back and I'll be like, whatever. But as on a personal note, does it make me want to throw up that Trent Frederick now has number 11 and Jimmy Hayes had it before Matt? You don't know this about me. I hate Jimmy Hayes. Him. You're like, I can't. I can't. I <laughs> can't. The happiest day of my life when it was like he wasn't on my roster anymore. I'm like, well, Yes. Thank you. Yeah. There is a God. Please. Was, that was something. So, I don't know. So, like, for me, it's, like, I feel like the Jerry's still out on Trent Frederick. Do I think he's in the running to actually make the big squad someday? I don't know if that's this year or some. You know what I mean? Whatever. Uh, he's probably a taxi squad candidate. You know, just that's just for me. But, no, I don't think because they moved him to number 11 that that means he's now, they think he's going to be a Bruin for the next eight to ten years. No, I absolutely don't think number changes. There's a whole lot of reasons just administratively, you know? Like yeah, just, sure.
2: Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's it's really a nothing thing for me, too. I I don't think it really means a hell of a lot. I just think it's a a logistical thing for the team. Um, Next item on the agenda, Mark has our Bruins ECHL Jacksonville update. Transaction news. Much going on with Jacksonville. Jacksonville was busy this year. They've been in the news more than typical years.
1: Yeah. um, The the Icemen are the East Coast Hockey League team. Um, They're affiliated with the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, excuse me, <clears throat> but um, there's no official news still uh, to this day that the Bruins are an affiliate of the um, uh, the Iceman or vice versa. Um, it's strange because these players are being called assigned. So in in my past history and in, in covering the minor pro system, assigned means you go to your affiliate um loan is a different thing loan means you can go to another team and get your ice time and your reps in and so on so there's there's uh some vague stuff going on right there i i'm, I'm assuming that they're going to be uh fu- officially coming out soon saying it but uh there's no really high winnipeg jet players down down there so there is availability but the transaction wise of it um uh, Matt Phillippe, uh, former Northeastern uh, forward, he uh, was activated from the roster. He did his appropriate quarantine time um, and got into last night's game. Uh, so did uh, uh, Jack Ashan. He got into his first game after his quarantine time. And both of those players were were on the commissioner's exempt list. So they got through and they played last night. Uh, uh, didn't see much from Ashan or Phillippe. But um, recently signed goaltender Callum Booth, who was uh, a free agent signing. Um, he's only got 13 games in the American Hockey League. Uh, a majority of those games are, are in the minor pro system are within the East Coast Hockey League. So he's got some familiarity, especially playing for the Atlantic Gladiators last season. He got into, uh, I think, 19 games or 13 games or something like that. But um, Bruins signed him. I don't know what exactly for. I'm assuming it's going to be for the role but um, it's kind of weird that uh, the, the um, Jacksonville Iceman goaltender is now placed on reserve. So now you have a tandem of of uh, Callum Booth and Kyle Kaiser down in, down in Jacksonville.
2: Nice.
1: So um, I, I'm going to expect to see more players come down to Jacksonville in the near future. Uh, it all really depends on how the American Hockey League is going to work out and if that's going to happen or not. Um, if it doesn't happen you could definitely see a, an influx of players being sent down to to Jacksonville to finish out the season and they're not they're not very good right now i think they're one in four um and yeah it's just a, it's just a tough team that is still putting pieces together but um it's good to have these players play and get some reps and and so on so that yeah, is I mean, uh
2: it, yeah in this climate yeah
1: that's the update for uh the East Coast League that's awesome. it for me um Next item on
2: the agenda is the anniversary of the brawl in the stands, December twenty third, nineteen seventy nine. I just turned seven years old. Mike Milbury, Terry O'Reilly, maybe even Peter McNabb was in there. All went into the stands at Madison Square Garden. Bruins, Rangers. Mike Milbury famously took a guy's shoe off and bashed him over the head with it. <laughs> uh, it was. It's an epic. It's an epic. If it ever happened today, oh my God! You'd never hear the end of it. There'd be there'd be lawsuits and and arrests. Uh, made cancel and culture such,
1: would attack. Uh, it
2: would be, it would be the end. I mean, you'd have barbed wire all across the top of the ice, uh, <laughs> top of the uh, glass going forward. But, um, but yeah, that was quite a, a scene back in and that's when New York city in the late seventies was a mess. I mean, they, that was just a, a zoo. Uh, I remember going to the Bronx with my dad for Yankees, Red Sox games and being legitimately scared. I mean, it was just a, it was just a difficult a tough place to be back in the late 70s early 80s and it was quite the memory um hello what are your thoughts on the brawl in the stands that was quite i remember watching it as a kid and and just and just being in awe of having players in the stands with ice skates on in the stands <laughs>
0: well, <laughs> crazy i'm younger than you so i didn't get to actually see it live i was a toddler or whatever <laughs> I yeah. grew up as a Bruins fan of like again like we you know and my, you know whatever and you we were born with the like you should have seen Bobby Orr play. You should, you know what I mean? Like those players or you, like for me, it was like, like these were all quintessential Boston. But when I was a kid, before I knew who Art Ross was or whatever, who, you know, I love Schmidt, but I didn't know who the hell he was when I was five. Like, you know what I mean? But I did know who Mike Milbury was and Terry O'Reilly, you know what I mean? So... I love Mike Melberry and that's my favorite part of the story because, really, it popped off on the ice because someone got slashed or something, the goalie boarded him, I don't know, and then everyone started fighting, and then someone smashed Jonathan in the face with, like, a program or something, drew blood, and that's when O'Reilly flipped out and started yeah. It was like 18 players ended up. The best part is that Milbury goes back to the dressing room. It's like, where the hell is everyone? Chiva's like, oh yeah, this I'm going on. He goes back out, and ends up beating a dude with his own shoes. <laughs> How could he not love Mike Milbury? Like that's uh, just all he's, he's yeah. big bad Bruins like the whole damn team. Yeah. Yeah. yeah fighting. It was back
2: in the old Boston New York rivalries. And yeah, it was it was a mess. That was a crazy time for sure. Um you know, some great news from uh, David Pasternak gave away his his Honda that he won in the All Star game, I believe, to a registered nurse. It was a nice, really nice gesture I saw. Uh, registered nurse had been battling COVID, you know, helping with COVID patients and such. And Pasta with a really nice gesture to give away the car. I thought that was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah I mean, the Bruins do a lot of those types of things, but hockey players are a different breed. I just think that they are. They. They tend to do a lot, you know, they tend to be really caring, giving, you know, sort of, uh, you know, not, not all, but, but most seem to be down to earth type of people. And Pasta has shown his personality through commercials and he has a great sense of humor. And um, no, he's just been, a he's just really blossomed. He's still very young, he's 24, but he's really blossomed here as a great personality. Not, not only that, but uh, obviously a great player, but a great personality too.
0: Did you see the video, you guys, of right. like so uh Caitlin Hagstrom, which like Matt said, she's at nurse at Tufts or whatever, frontline worker. So is, like apparently he's gonna give away his car, like, and she's a big Bruins fan. So she gets called in thinking it's like the her like performance review meeting, and there's a message from pasta knock that he's giving her a car and he was saying like i was raised by a single mom and i know how hard it is so this woman is raising her kids and dealing with all that crazy stuff that parents and teachers have been dealing with and also fighting this pandemic and he gave her this car and like blades uh dropped off the car you know what i mean it was full like mm. with stuff yeah, of and it just, mm. like like I just feel like, especially pastas. Like you definitely know he knows how he grew up, and he's not someone who's getting a big hit. Like for him, he's like, "Yeah, I scored 50 goals. What's up, guys? Like that's cool. I can't wait to call my mom." You know, he he doesn't have an ego, and like really, it just it was a nice video, and like he really there now he's not even doing it because they do these annual things now. People, you know, sometimes they just to be good and out there. So it was just nice, and I it was that's all I say. Very nice.
2: Um, so, next item on the agenda, and some more good news. MB, uh, NBC Sports Nest uh, or NBC Sports Network is going to air the Isabel Cup semifinals and finals of the Women's Professional Hockey League. So, Boston Pride, obviously, they're a very good team in that league before it uh, shut down due to COVID. Paul Myra, the coach. And this will be the first time a professional uh, women's hockey league will be on net- Network TV. Uh, and it's a really cool thing for them. It's a really cool to get the exposure, and and uh, and like I said before, women's hockey's come a long way. I mean, a long way, and it's a really good product on the ice now. And uh, women's players have have come a long way, and and it's a really it's really cool to have a a Boston team, and and to have a good Boston team, and they'll be on. They'll be on Network TV, which is really cool. I know how you're a big proponent of women's hockey, so it's, it must be really nice to see.
0: Yeah, and I know Mark was pumped. I saw he had tweeted, and I kind of piggybacked on him about go support the pride. Mm. Um, Mark, what are your thoughts? Are you pumped? I am. Like, I'm looking
1: forward to the 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 whole bubble scenario in Lake Placid. I mean, we all know the history of Lake Placid, mm-hmm. 1980, mm-hmm. about, you know, Mike Rizzioni and and all this This awesomeness that happened uh, there, Um, it's an inspirational thing too, but it's also a a really good thing for for personal health with all these these teams in this league. Um, So it's going to be a a nice little tournament. Uh, I'm happy it's going to be televised. This is is the type of stuff, this is the type of attention that puts the um, women's hockey over the threshold even more than it it should be, and it creates more attention. And hopefully that, um, you know, when we get vaccinated and all this shit goes away, that these these networks can still say this is a great product. We want to continue doing this and move forward with this and continue to uh, to grow the game on the female side of it, because everybody loves hockey, whether they're male, female or whatever. It's just it's 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 just time. It's time for teams. And I know we're under a flat cap and we're all under money problems. But once we get away from all this pandemic bullshit, NHL teams should really start considering fronting a little bit of money towards these uh, these ladies and start sponsoring individual teams and start making m- maybe possibly a 31-team league that they could possibly travel mm-hmm. around. You know, it's, I mean, there's so many possibilities to grow the game. Uh, just hopefully they do it appropriately because it just seems like every year this is getting bigger and bigger and bigger and technology is really the forefront of getting everything out there to, to 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 see what these ladies can do the skill that they provide. I've seen so many games on Twitch I'm amazed every time I see these ladies skate they're just tremendous athletes and I, I just think that they they deserve more uh, on a worldwide level
0: yeah that's what I'm like the NHL needs to I don't want them to dominate the women's league. Do you know what I mean? I want them to support and help, you know, affiliate with it, not, you know, steamroll it. Because here's a tip, NHL. The ladies are going to make it happen with or without your help. And it might take longer without your help, but they're starting to steamroll. This league, the NWHL, is a great product. All the teams—they're fun on social media and like because I follow all the team. Like they're fun, like Boston and Toronto would chirp up in each. You know, just in Toronto's the new team; they just got their sixth team this year, so they'll be joining them in the bubble in Lake Placid. So at least we know they can come this side of the world. And how
1: how <laughs> ironic is it that the Boston team owns the Toronto team? <laughs> I know, really
0: and um, yeah, so like I mean, first of all, the Boston Pride are badasses. You want big bad, you know, Boston hockey like back like these ladies—they're. They're modern women in a world where girls can kick some ass at sports, and they are bringing it and they're going to show that they are worth the money. You know what I mean? And I'm very excited that NBCSN, which I always mess up with NBC, whatever thing, because the call logs, but they see it. They're willing to take the chance because they want to see what's going to happen. And they're going to see that for regular hockey fans, no one really cares. It could be like morning peewee hockey people will watch it it could be women men professional leagues they'll watch it but they're going to see that advertisers are going to get in on it some of the teams have been picking up bigger advertisers this and that and once they start getting their own root money that actually is going to work probably to their advantage because if they start getting the attention of these national television they don't have to worry so much about how they're going to get you know, broadcast, but why can't you show both sets of the game? So anyways, follow the Boston pride. These women are awesome. All the women in this league are awesome. Great product like Matt set. And just overall, not just this league, but around the world, you know, women's hockey is growing and it's strong and you as a Boston fan should be supporting the Boston pride. If you are not, if you'd like to support one of the other teams do that too, just support women's hockey. It's great. And give these young girls now that really are growing up in a world where they're going to have a league to play in, see women playing in a professional league and let them aspire to that the same way that our sons look up you know because there's plenty of daughters that their whole lives have been like oh i want to be bobby Orr, but now they have their own defensemen they can look up to and i do think that's important not because i don't think males and females sure. can be role models to each other but i do think it's important to see people in your own image as people talk about you know the sure. more you see people who look like you and seem like you and grew up like you and no matter what that is good for any kid to grow and see that and we're a multination, you know like we're multicultural, we're multinational, we're multi-sport. Like, support it all because Agreed. everybody should be able to dream, and I'm glad to see that the dream of a solid product and a solid league, you know, with some real legs on the ground mm-hmm. to move it forward from here. And this is just a great opportunity. Sorry, I'll stop babbling. Well oh, said. I, I
2: agree. No, I agree. Uh, all right, Heather, ask BNG time.
1: Let's do it. Okay. Please. Let's
2: what do it.
0: Hold on, I I'm a spaz. I have to unlock this. Okay, so John, I know John got uh, a lot. He had asked record predictions for this year? Question mark. Ooh. I don't normally. I keep a list of the records that could go. Um, so I'm not quite sure. Or it says record predictions for this year. Not sure. It's a tweet. So. Um,
2: I I think the Bruins are going to win the division. So whatever amount of wins that is, I I, I like them winning this division. Again, as long as Rask is engaged and they stay away from COVID, you know, for the most part, and they're healthy for the most part, and Pasternak comes back and is, and is 100%, and I think they win to the division. So,
1: I am going to say um, they're going to come in second to Philly with the second-place record. I'm not sure what it is because I'm not good with numbers in a 56-game season. So yeah, I'm not the math guy here. Um, mm. So, but they're still gonna do. I think they're still gonna do good. I think they're still gonna make the playoffs, um, and hopefully that, even though that they're in second place, it's not something that Don Sweeney has to pull all the panic button to make it some, you know, weird trade that's gonna. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Mess something up moving forward, but yeah, that's just my opinion.
0: I think they're going to be all right. I think they're pretty much where they would have been if we were in our regular division. Do you know what I mean? Like they haven't, they haven't decreased themselves so much that they should be fighting for like being in the top four to make the playoffs. Uh, and they should end up one or two. If they don't, it's going to just be, you know, who knows what this team sometimes just things happen. Like, so um, it'll, I don't know. I'm not like super confident. Like I think they're going to roll in this division, but I, just because there are some young teams like the Islanders or Philly or whatever, you know, and Pittsburgh's always a pain in the ass and things like that. Washington will still be a pain in the ass. It's not like They don't have Alex Ovechkin still, even if they don't quite know what their goaltending is looking like. So I think we'll do well though. We'll be one or two. And I think, you know, once, once you're in the Bruins know how to win playoffs and playoff games, and they'll get themselves at least a little deep, but who knows? So right now I just hope that we can predict that the season goes off. We don't have to postpone a lot of games. There isn't a lot of right. cases, so, hopefully, we get from here to July and the Stanley Cup is awarded to somebody by July 9th. <laughs> that's it. Present. All right. So, um, I, I'm just going to give a report to Andrew, who sent the funniest at SBNG. Will Mark be able to record this episode or will there be distinct chattering of his teeth? I'm happy to report. Um, I do not hear <laughs> chattering that I'll have to edit out. So, instead of no. uh, answering that, uh, Mark, he <laughs> responded with a laughing John Goodman. So, that's it. Yes, always yes that's and my I boy. I that's my that boy, funny.
1: Andrew, and everything is warm at the B&G Studios yeah, he's now. he's got the Long John underwear on. He's, he's oh, yeah.
0: All <laughs> well, nice and warm. A- <laughs> All right, so Clovis Roy, uh, Clovis Roy 1, uh, he asks, Will Smith steal the second-line winger spot? Also, will the bees sign a D-man to play with McAvoy, excluding Z? Not talking about Zidane O'Jara.
1: I don't know about this one. This is uh, like the, the whole theory about bringing in another defenseman and, and exposing one to the exp- uh, Seattle uh, uh, expansion draft is a little scary for me, so I, I don't know about that. Um, the Smith thing does intrigue me a little bit because I can see him playing uh, with a healthy Parsonak on the second or third line, rotating between Kasha and himself, um, and possibly as high as the first line. Uh, for the first month that pasta is going to be out as he continues to recover so i mean i i I honestly think that this smith signing is a sneakingly good signing for the boston bruins just for this matter that he is a right winger and a center but he predominantly pays the right side um you know this is good to to get him involved and up higher in the lineup than he normally would see uh with Pasanak out so we'll just go from there and you know, and make adjustments, and if he plays very well, who knows where Pasta and I could end up, possibly down on the second line, and, and, and Kasha comes down on the third line to work with Coyle and somebody else. So there's so many possibilities, to be honest.
2: Yeah, I, I, I think with Pasta out, he may play the first line to start the year, but I'm really intrigued by a Coyle-Smith-Bjork line. I really, I really would like them to try that because I think that Smith and Coyle are very good puck possession guys, and then you have Bjork who can score a little bit. He's got a little bit of you know touch in offensive game that I think needs to be that he needs to improve on and, and show. And I think that's a that's a pretty good third line. Um, but it also depends on Stadnika. It depends on Kasha and, and, and what, what a one, one or two of those guys can produce. If they can't, then Smith is going to have to be brought up to potentially even the first line. Uh, but it's going to be a year where people are in and out of the lineup and it's going to be hard to really nail down lines and keep them keep them going from game to game. But I think overall, I think you'll see Smith in the second line, probably with Krejci. But I'd like to see him on the third line um, keep Kasha with Krejci and see what he can do and, uh, and DeBrusque and then have Coyle and, and, uh, and Bjork and Smith and give them a go. I, I think Coyle and Smith together could really be a really difficult third line to play against. Agreed. So i like to see that. I'd like to see that.
0: Um I mean, Craig Smith was like, everyone's like, it wasn't a giant signing, but for the same reason people keep, they won't let Mike Hoffman go. It's the same kind of thing. You get a kind of consistent player, you know, in that role. I think Craig Smith is going to be all, I was actually thinking that he'll end up being the second line right winger if Kasha does not, you know, if they stop moving those around. And I don't know, it's hard for me because I, like Stenik, I kind of was wondering what a Stunika-Coyle-Bjork line would look like for now. You know, for the first real year of, like, being in the 12 starters, like, pretty consistently, you know? But Smith has a very good chance of ending up being the second-line right winger. I don't think he'll necessarily steal it because I do still feel it's more like kasha's to lose at this point still and you know but craig smith i think would be better for that interchangeable right wing whether it's injury you know until pasta gets back or just generally sometimes you have to bump up but yeah so that's hard it's really gonna i think come down to what kasha and stanika do as well at camp because there's you know they're still looking at stanika like yeah you know you're gonna where are you gonna end up you know but i also think maybe having the youth down without so much pressure, it's almost better to have like a Craig Smith up that's handled more minutes and more time and has more experience in that role. But I think that signing is going to definitely work out for us overall. What um, The D-man thing, I think we're just rolling with the young kids. What do you guys think? I think so too. Yeah,
2: I think I don't see them. People, I, I just think that people are still hanging on to those early comments by Sweeney and Neely saying they're going to make these. They, they just can't get over the fact they're not going to make a move. They're just not going to do it. They're not going to sign Mike Hoffman. They're not going to trade for a defenseman. They're not. We're two, we're a week away from camp. Like it's not happening, folks. Yes. So stop. So it's this is the group that they're going with, and it's a shortened season, and they feel good about a couple of the young guys they have. They're going to give it a go and then go from there and evaluate from there. And that's, they're not signing or, or trading for anybody of major value. Like Mark said, they, can, they need to expose the guy in the expansion draft. They need to move money around. There's certain guys making money like John Moore and Kasha that nobody wants that they would have to move on from because there's just not enough cap room. So, we just need to stop. Stop it. It's not going to happen. So,
0: holy shit. I forgot about go. Nick Ritchie for a second, too. He's another <laughs> one I could use to. Yeah, I mean, I want you to do what you should be able to do, but you just haven't so far. But again, I know he's young and I need to give him a second look. But uh, I don't know. So, I guess that's it. I definitely don't think they're going out and getting a defenseman, though. Like, we just, that will all happen next summer once everything shakes out. Um, all right. So, Ray Guarino asks uh since taxi squad players can't play in the AHL should the Bruins bring the veteran bring in a veteran goalie oh geez I just hit it like Mike Condon uh on a league minimum salary instead of stunting the development of the young goalies you sort of started touching upon this earlier mark I didn't know if you had any further thoughts also Matt Yeah, I'll just give it
1: just you. to just to answer Ray's question absolutely I'm I'm all for that uh, you—it's you, an emergency situation, so you're gonna have a guy that is, is signed to a, a very low term just for this year. Um, even bring in a PTO. I mean, Arizona Coyotes brought in uh, Zane McIntyre on a PTO to see what he can do. So, I mean, anything's possible. Uh, but no, Mike Condon is a Massachusetts kid guy, um, father state trooper um you know it could could fit that role and like i said i was thinking about um ryan miller but you're not you're not going to get him off the west coast i think he's going to retire there because his wife is an actress and she works out there so um yeah i mean to get somebody with experience just for an emergency role um now here's how it's going to work it's like say if like callum booth was was the guy the third goaltender all right so gets injured now Halak's your starting goaltender, but until somebody of significance like a Dan Vladar is allowed to go onto the roster, you have that extra buffer room right there until he until his arrival. And obviously Callum Booth can go down. So there's there's still there's you can still gonna fluctuate between your AHL roster and your um and your NHL roster when it comes to um, you know, getting people where they need to be. I don't know where i was going with that, but I'll just end it right there.
2: (laughs) Yeah. I I like the cheap veteran route because I don't, I just think it puts too much. It it just takes kids away from getting some time and it just sits them on the bench to rot. And I don't think you need to do that. I just think you need to go veteran guy.
0: Yeah. Agreed. I mean, I don't know specifically what goal that should be, but like we talked about earlier, I don't think Dan Vladar should be sitting there just kind of not, you know, withering away from any development he's had over these years. So um, there were just a couple. I just don't want to not acknowledge these people because of everything that happened. And then we didn't do the traditional pod last Sunday. So um, Thomas Nystrom had asked uh, who's going to be the new quarterback for the power play. Krug is more or less had that role. Obviously we know that. So who just real quick, do you think is going to be the quarterback? I think it's Grizzly because although I, I've always said they're two totally different players, kind of the way they pass the puck and stuff is very similar. So I think, Really, I would love him and McAvoy on first unit power play.
2: That's I think Charlie this is Charlie McAvoy's coming out party when it comes to power play and offensive. We're going to really start to see his skill because he hasn't shown, he hasn't been given the opportunity, nor has he shown what he's capable of offensively. He's capable of much more. And he is going to be your power play. It's part of the reason why they were okay with letting Crew go, I think, is that they think that he can do, he can rush the puck very well. He can shoot the puck, you know. Although he doesn't do it enough, I don't think. And he passes tape to tape very well. So I, I think Charlie McAvoy will be the quarterback of the power play, and I think this is his coming out party.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm with Matt. Um, but I'm going to turn it, spin it just a little, a little differently. There is a power play one and a power play two. So these two players, Matt Grizzlick and uh, Charlie McAvoy, are going to have ample opportunities during camp and in season to earn different spots. Um, so it, uh, power play two with Grislyk and power play one in uh, quarterbacked by uh, by McAvoy is not a bad idea. And if one's not playing well, you can easily flip it and, and right. create, create internal competition for something like that. Um, yeah. You know, the, the Bruins, we all know as Bruins fans, the Bruins are very reliant on their power play. I want to see them get more five on five scoring. Uh, that's a very key thing as secondary scoring as well. I mean, I, I would like to see three lines of um, of just an onslaught of offense against teams that are going to come at you with that same thing. The Rangers have gotten better over the years with Panarin. the uh, The Flyers have drafted so well; their kids are starting to come up and be significant players in the league. Um, I, I mean, there's so many teams out there that you can you could say that they're going to come at you hard. And I think that in this new Air quote uh, Eastern Division. Uh, you're going to see some powerful teams, and the Bruins uh, uh, should not um, should not sit back. And it and and to me, it's very important to come out strong in the season. This is you don't want to lay an egg for the first couple of weeks because it's going to cost you in the last couple.
2: Yeah, I, I agree. I think you're going to see them do the four forward uh, power play unit one thing uh, with Krejci because that was successful at the end of the year. I think you're going to see them go four forwards on that first unit and then Coyle and Smith probably uh, in that group of second power play unit, I think. But I think you'll see Krejci, Bergeron, Masha, and Pasternak, and then McAvoy in that first power play unit.
0: All right. We'll see what happens with that. And uh, just one more. we um, Chad McVean, we – We'll skip the part about as Char played his last game. We've already talked about Char today. We kind of all know where we stand on that. But uh, would bringing in Hoffman to play with Krejci possibly work to re-signing both for next year? That's one part. And then there's one other question. It's a goaltender question we'll do after. So what do you guys think? I'm not that – I do understand why people want Hoffman, but I also have let the Hoffman go. Like, Craig Smith's going to have to be that kind of signing for us. What do you think, boy? Yeah,
2: I, I'm going to call every general manager in the league – to see who can sign this guy so I can stop hearing about it. <laughs> like, Honest to God. like I, Mike Hoffman is not going to be a Boston Bruin. I would bet, I don't have anything, but if I had stuff, I would bet it all that he's not going to be on the team.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm on the same thing. I don't think the cap space, I don't care what people say and, and sources that are saying it. I don't think the cap space is going to work. Um, unless you're gonna trade some significant player out of the current lineup to make room, and still have a little bit of wiggle room uh, when it comes to cap space uh, for the trade deadline, which is cr- gonna be very important and crucial in Don Sweeney's tenure coming up here in a shortened season, so I I, I don't I don't see it. Would I like to see it? Yeah. I would because I like his offense. I like he can put in 30 goals a year and so on. What I don't like about it is his term. He wants one year. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's another rumor that came up this morning that says that he's um, up for multi-years. But uh, who knows about that. But I'm going with one year. A player like Mike Hoffman, to me, is the type of player that if you can't make it work this season you have something like him in place for next year to go after it again. And yeah. I don't like the uh, I don't like that. If he was here for two years and he wanted right. a two-year deal, yes, you go out and try to make that happen. But right. on a one-year, it's just he's a flight risk. If he's not happy right. here and the Bruins well, do not win, they do not make the playoffs, do you think he's going to want to stick around? Absolutely not.
2: Well, that's an excellent point because you could potentially go to sign him next year because if he signs the one-year deal wherever... Then you have Krejci and Rask two people coming off the books at 7 million per. You have money there, yep. a room there to sign him for 44 to term. million. Yeah. So maybe you explore it the following year and let him sign his one year deal wherever. Who cares? But that's, and then make that, a rush.
1: That's also going to put a um a bidding war between him and Taylor Hall as the as the highest um right. uh profiled free agents after next season. Right.
0: right. Right. I was going to actually say specifically to this point that, one, we don't know if Krejci is resigning that next season yet because he is one of the people who do come off the books. Now, I've made it clear I think Krejci is going to play one more year, not for 7 mil, but like something, you know, still like 3 mil or whatever one year. And then he's either going to go back home and play or he's going to and retire from the NHL and go home and play or he's just going to retire and move on because, you know, they'll be like 35, 36, whatever they are by that point. But my thing with Hoffman is exactly what Mark pointed out. I don't love or hate Hoffman. I think he would he's perfectly fine if we had him. I think he would be a good addition. He's got a lot of offense, this and that. I also don't think he's so special that when nobody else is getting $5 million or whatever the ridiculous one-year contract he wants is, you're not that good guy. You're just not. And there's a reason no one is solidly trying to go after you. If you were that valuable, you know, Again, if you had two years and you're paying three mil a year for you for two years, now you're talking. Okay, I'd be all about get him. We'll have him the next year, and then we can go from there as we decide what to do with all these young kids. Move it on, Krejci, to whoever's leaving, people coming in. But other than that, let it go, dude. And also, he can't be that hot of a commodity, dude. I understand teams might have been con. con- Acting does an shower, but not signing yet he's 43 years old he's a 43 year old defenseman you are like a 29 year old forward like there is no reason if you were worth your five mil kind of like how de had to say okay i know in my own head Those... i'd like six million dollars but in reality i'm getting three million dollars chick chick at least i'm getting a paycheck right yeah. now you're floating out there and no man's that man like, yeah, that was
1: his decision
0: yeah that's his
1: that's his decision to wait until the final 11th hour to pull a deal with somebody. So it's not on somebody going out and begging him and doing this. It's, it's on him. So
0: yeah, it'd be done with if that was how important he was to play for somebody's team right now in this cap world. But in this cap world, I'd rather have Craig Smith, which is more reasonable to what he's worth and his value. And it's going to give me that same kind of infusion that we need into our offense. So. Yeah,
2: I, th- I think the Bruins want like their little bit of buffer of salary cap money right now. I think they want to keep that there. I don't think they want to go right up against the cap because I think they want to be able to have a flexibility to make a move in April if they need to. And I just don't think Mike Coffin, like Mark said, like you bring him in for one year, you know, okay, great, but is he really? Does he? Does he? Does he make you? more of a stanley cup contender i mean i don't i don't know i mean you can make that argument i guess but do you really want to put all your eggs in that basket for one year he comes in and then you don't win and then he walks and then you had to give up somebody to clear space and i don't know i just it's not that i don't like mike hoffman i mean i like guys who put the puck in the nest that's fine but i like the idea of maybe going after him the year after yeah
0: as mark was saying so that's solid Uh, The last little part of this, and that wraps up the BNGs for 2020, is real quick, of Rask or Halak, which one is back for 2021-22? Or neither, I guess, really could be the option, right? They're both on the side.
1: Rask is younger. I'm going with two. Okay. I'm going to go with uh, Halak.
2: I I I think they'll have Halak, and I think they'll probably go, when they'll have some cap space, I think they'll go get a guy. To bridge even a little bit more for the young guys they have, um, because the young guys aren't going to get a ton of time this year, so there's not going to be a ton of development to have them ready the following year. I don't think Rask is coming back. I, I don't. There's something up there. He's either retiring, or I just don't think he's coming back. Uh, but I think they could bring Halak back for one more year, similar deal, just as insurance uh, and as a decent backup.
1: Nice. all Good. right
2: so, all right so so next uh, so th- there it is thank you heather uh, so this week in uh, bruins history
1: we don't have one this week because i was kind of uh, a shit show this morning uh so <laughs> so we'll just we'll just use the anniversary of the brawl in the stands yes the brawl in the stands that's the, uh, right that's december right. 23rd 1979 i was four years old don't remember yes. it but thank god for yeah. youtube and video
2: Absolutely. Yeah, that was... Uh, well, actually, you could you could point to any Winter Classic because January 1st is Winter Classic time. Yes, it is. So that's when they beat the uh, Flyers at Fenway and they yep. lost to the Canadians at uh, Gillette.
0: Yes. Ooh, that was adorable. <laughs> I hate that yeah, game. <laughs> yeah,
2: I, w- I went to that game, the Canadians game. That was the worst. I did it too. To- it was not good. Oh, it's awful. Um, oh, it's terrible.
0: It was you guys are bad. suckers because I was at my aunt's house drinking some hot cocoa, sitting at home going, man, I've been to Gillette those seats must suck. If it sucked at Fenway for angles in space uh, and you're right on top of... Like, well, I, was way up
1: I was freezing and I was hanging out with Steve Dangle. So, sorry.
0: That's pretty fucking awesome. So <laughs> I, only got
1: to, I only got to say hi to him. I walked by and I was like, Dangle! And he goes, Bruins fan! <laughs> I was like... Uh, sounds like, like him. Yeah, yeah exactly.
2: Him. Uh, all right. Quick end of the 2020 thoughts from you guys. We'll start with Mark. Your, your thoughts on an end to a... Quite an
1: eventful year. Somebody hit the plunger and let's flush this bowl yeah. <laughs> of nastiness. I'm ready for 2021. I'm ready to move on. I'm ready for hockey. I'm ready for b Sports Media Company to take a bigger leap in 2021. Um, I'm, I'm ready to do this with a, a great, great crew. You guys are amazing uh, between the podcasters and the writers that we have, the 28 folks we have there. This you guys drive this whole I'm just steering you guys are the workhorses here and uh, I totally appreciate that. So for that 2021 was good because we have a great company and we're we're really uh, making a stamp moving forward. But uh, I'm really excited for hockey to return and then just uh, to increase this this um, this black and gold freight train that we're currently on. So thank you all and thank you everybody that that works at B&G. You guys are just amazing people.
2: Hello. What are your thoughts
0: on 2020? Um, one, I am grateful for this BNG family. Like, just I'm just a small part of it, but like, just again, like, the BNG family is awesome. Very happy to have you have come aboard with me and Mark. You're a good moderator because sometimes Mark and I are grouchy or whatever. So you're a good like <laughs> third person, and you're fun, and I think you're, you know, whatever. Like, I I like to agree to disagree, and I feel like we we do that when we're sitting here. Just fans fun and like, you know, whatever. There's not like, you know, which is good because you don't get that you know, all the time in the world. It's always biting. I'm grateful that I've survived to this point in 2020. I'm happy hockey's back. I'm glad my kid gets to still play hockey. Hasn't been shut down again. I'm glad my kids are healthy and happy and I'm ready to party like it's 1999 next week. Not 2009, not 2019. I'm partying like it's Prince. Now it's going to party like it's 1999 and I'm having a millennial princess party. I'm just saying. Nice. That's my thoughts.
2: Awesome. Um, my thoughts are I'm, I'm glad it's over and I'm glad we could turn the page. I'm looking forward to spring. Uh, and you know, we should thank Mark Allred for, I mean, he works tirelessly on this, on the black and gold productions company and he's, he's built it for so long here. And it's really just the website change and the writers that we have, the team we have and the podcast network and, and just it's it's gone leaps and bounds, even since I started within like uh, end of summer so it's uh it's been really great and mark works constantly constantly he's tweeting out hey i'm going to the bng studios i don't know if he has a wife or <laughs> he's still alive or what's going on my courtney's very supportive thank you <laughs> she, she must be i mean that's because she's just uh, watching her show films.
0: doing whatever she's doing <laughs> yeah whatever.
2: yeah yeah that's great um so, so yeah, it's, it's been, it's been great. And it's, it's great to spend, you know, we do these on Sundays, great to spend Sundays with you guys talking hockey and we've been able to do it through a pandemic and also through an off season and still able to put out a good product and lots of content. And it's been and every single day, we have content on the on the website. And that leads me into the black and gold and you want to go there black and for any articles, insight, speculation, a tremendous team of writers. Uh, and it'll be ramping up here as the season begins. Any information you want about the Bruins, you go there first. Um, and follow us on Twitter and all of those things. And uh, there's some great content on there. Anything black and gold, all Bruins stuff, all the time. And uh, check that out. And also our, uh, our podcast network of of podcasts as well. And We have some great shows out there. And it's just a really, really... Good group of passionate Bruins fans um, who put out great content. So that's, uh, that's that. Uh, and Mark's going to give us some words on how to watch him on Sportscaster.
1: Yes, Tuesday night, uh, folks, we get with the Dump and Change boys and we just uh, create a little bit of havoc in the world of, uh, of hockey. Uh, Nick and Jared from the Dump and Change Hockey Podcast. Go follow them on all the uh, listening platforms. That's at uh, the letter N underscore change, uh, follow on Twitter, and uh, they're great guys. And we do we've been doing it for a few weeks now, and, and we're going to continue to do it, and also doing the Saturday social coming back. Um, this just does nice. get together and so on, have a couple drinks, talk some bees, <laughs> possibly watch a, a prospect game or a Boston Bruins game. Who knows? But uh, that's nice. sportscaster com. Uh, go there, sign up, and uh, you'll be able to get involved in the live chat and ask us questions. And if you're uh, if you're good, and so on, you can yeah like Heather. Heather's very good. Uh, she can come on and uh, be, and join me as a host sometime soon. So hopefully, maybe maybe even this week. Who knows? But uh, it's a lot of fun.
0: Wait. What I was gonna say is that. The opening game versus New Jersey is actually a Saturday night, if you want to jot that down. Oh,
1: snap. Oh. Oh, snap. I'll toast to that. All right. We'll have to make it happen now. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's on the schedule now. Content, Uh, content, content.
2: Oh. and there's also some great items if you donate through Patreon.
1: Mark. Oh, we have gotten so many great folks that have donated on our Patreon campaign. Please go to Patreon.com/slash Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Donate just one dollar for some fantastic <laughs> prizes. I'm not even going to put the prizes up anymore because you can't see them in this stupid screen. But I will put them for the YouTube video uh, for the YouTube YouTubers that are watching this video uh, right here, right now as uh, as I'm talking. But we have. Uh, signed jersey from uh, Terry O'Reilly, um, Jerry Cheevers, Anders Bjork, uh, Charlie Coyle, and, um, and recently got Derek Sanderson. So, we're, we're so super stoked. Those are going to be given away once a month. The other prizes are from Fanatics, Bo- the Boston Pride, um, uh, our own B&G gear. I mean, we're, we're going to be giving away something every week starting the 3rd. Next week, next Sunday, right from now, boom, it is Patreon giveaways. So uh, I'm going to be doing a board, uh, a private video, and so on, and uh, we'll uh, release the winners on Twitter, and I'll send an individual email to get their address, and we'll send it right out. But it's just a dollar, folks. That's it. Signed jersey from a legend like like Derek Sanderson for just a buck.
2: Awesome. So, oh, that's a really it. cool idea. Really cool opportunity for our... For fans of the uh, b- Black and Gold Hockey productions, uh, you know, the podcasts and the and the articles that we write on on blackandgoldhockey.com, it's a great way to get involved, and it's also a great way to get rewarded for it. Mm-hmm. And that'll wrap up. Episode 209, the last episode of 2020.
0: Woo! And, uh, rate and a, review. 20, rate
2: and uh, review. Yes, rate and review and subscribe and all those things. and yes. Share it with your friends and... And convince your friends to listen. Even if your
1: grandmother doesn't like hockey, make her listen to
2: yeah, it. Yeah, just make turn her it on have... She can turn it on and go in the other room. Fine. <laughs> it's, it's fine. Just it's to something to nap to. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Well, Heather and Mark, it's been great. And we're looking forward to a great
1: 2021. I Hope you guys have a great new year. Yes, you yeah, too, Matt. So. Awesome.
0: Everyone's well, safe. Happy yeah. and safe. That's what If you go out, out and party,
1: please. Uber or Cabot. Do not drink and drive, please. Yes, be responsible. And have a great weekend. And wear a mask. Mask yes, it. We're a mask. <laughs> All right, guys. Bye,
2: guys. All right, bye.
0: Thanks again for listening to and supporting Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please share the show with your friends and family, and don't forget to subscribe to and leave a five-star rating for the show on your favorite podcast platforms, such as Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Between shows, help us keep the Bruins talk going by visiting our website, blackandgoldhockey.com, by sending an email to blog at gmail.com, and by following the show on Twitter, at blackandgoldhockey.
1: Peace out.